You are about to opt in to Monerotopia, a show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, voting accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Ducks, what's going on, man? What's up? What's up? Y'all are back. Yeah, we're back. We're back in our, our studio. Uh, trip was amazing. It was fantastic. That looked like a pretty awesome. It was really nice. Get out there, guys. Just, you know, live. Live a little. Highly recommend it. Do some traveling. The clip of you uh, from from last week, uh, Brian was at like a moped or motorcycle up the yeah. road. That's that's like that that's like travel vlog material or like travel advertisement material right there. Yeah, we rented a mo. That was on Simi Island, Greece. First, we went to Rhodes. Rhodes was amazing. Touristy if you go in the wrong parts, but if you like go mm-hmm. off the path, like we we rented a car in Rhodes. And we just drove in the opposite direction of where all the tourists go, like in the main city. And we just like headed in the opposite direction of that. And just that's awesome. Hit up little villages along the way. Yeah, see, really some, nice. see some real stuff. Yeah, Greece is so nice. It's like the 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 one place where I feel like whenever I go, I, I come back healthier than when I left. You know, lots of times when you travel, it's like beats you up. But uh, oh yeah, Greek Greece is is healing. You know, the combination of the the Mediterranean food, so good. So good. How about you, man? Any any travel uh, travel plans coming up? I know, obviously, Mexico. That was like a that was like your first big trip, right? When you came down to Monerotopia. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty big for me. That was like my first international trip. Um, but I don't have much. I don't have much planned uh, for the summer, which is fine because I took like three trips this year already to various places. Okay. So that's fine. Well, I'm sure there'll be uh, another reason to travel soon, Monero related, at some point. Oh yeah, of course um so yeah what do we got man i've been complete i haven't really been paying much attention to crypto in general other than uh last week's monerotopia show um did i miss anything big or is i feel like it's kind of doldrums in general right not much going on yeah i know some going on we have uh some etf stuff that binance drama uh bitcoin cash going crazy um but yeah, I think, what, what was that all about? Bitcoin Cash like tripled in price. Yeah, I don't know all the details, um, but it basically tripled in price within like a week, uh, which is like insane. You know, we're not really bull market, crazy bull market. Um, but that had to do with like the ETF stuff. I think it, it had. I don't, I don't remember the exact details. I think it had something to do with it. I'm body sure. I'm sure Body probably yeah. could talk about that a lot better. Body would go. Uh, yeah. Yeah um all right yeah let's let's, uh let's get the show on the road all right well then i guess that's body all right price report time let's go the monerotopia price report segment is sponsored by local monero avoid using kyc exchanges buy and sell monero directly for fiat peer-to-peer body you there good morning hey how are you guys doing Good, good, good. Chilling. Just readjusting to the time zone over here. Trying to fathom how Bcash put on 3x miraculously in like two weeks. 
Yeah, I totally missed that. Oh yeah, you got it up there, sweet. Yeah, Yeah. I I barely looked into it, so I didn't want to say anything that would probably not come. And I'm like, oh, you're coming up next. You definitely could talk all about that for probably hours. Well, with the three X like this, I'm I'm not sure that there's much that you could say that would be definitely certainly correct. Because like, how does this happen? Let's let's do a quick measurement here. In ten days, yeah, this thing went up two hundred eleven percent, which would be slightly over three X. It's kind of hanging out. Go ahead. Oh, that was it. That was that's like stupid. <laughs> like, how does that even happen? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it depends on who you ask. If if you ask the Bcash community, um, they'll they'll tell you that it's organic adoption. Like, I don't know <laughs> if y'all have seen that Pepe meme <laughs> where he's like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's like it's the guy. He's like got the green face and he's got his hand in his throat. He's like, adoption when price pumps and then you know when it's crashing, it's like Pepe screaming. Like so, uh, yeah. I mean, I, it's hard for me to believe that this is entirely real. Um, like, a, a, one thing I usually say is that, um, the markets get front run, like all these exchanges have a very good visibility into both on-chain flows and what's happening on their exchanges. So when they see movements being made into, um, into whichever coin they can front run those things. Um, it even happens on like uh, Ethereum as a DEX. Um, you've got these like, uh, well, they call it minor extractable value, um, where they can see the orders. They'll get their order in like milliseconds ahead of yours, or they'll, or in the case of Ethereum, they'll order the block. But in the case of these exchanges, like they're so shady, they're so dirty, and they don't have hardly any of these regulations. So, I mean, I have to believe they're pulling every dirty trick in the book. Um, but what they'll do, uh, presumably, is they get their orders in milliseconds ahead of yours, and they just do this in aggregate over and over. So, there probably is a significant component of organic buying here that pushed the price up. But did it push it up 3x? No, that was that was something else going on. Um, I can't remember. Maybe it was BlackRock or it was some really big institution that um, added uh, Bcash to their exchange. Or I don't think they're alive yet. But they're like a major institution that's that's creating an exchange. And I, I wish I could remember the name of it right now. But they basically said that they're going to also add Bcash because it's it's also not a security. So that's I think you know that's kind of what's yeah, going that's on there. Like good sentiment for them. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Said, an exchange that's adding it? Yeah, it's um it's like I can't I couldn't tell and I only really kind of cursory glanced at it, but it looks like a major institution that's forming some kind of exchange for a very limited number of coins. Obviously Bitcoin was on there. Um I think maybe it had Litecoin as well, but then they added Bitcoin Cash and that was like right before this big pump happened. So, okay. um yeah. You know, one thing I, I wanted to kind of salute the Bcash community. Um, they finally have embraced the name Bcash, like they use it themselves now. So it's oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I always <laughs> felt like, like guys, what's the big deal? Like it's it's just a short way of saying it. I don't, I never. That I, I guess it started originally. It was a pejorative thing that people were trying to. I mean, because they were in a big fight to keep Bitcoin in the title, right? They wanted yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the branding that. was so. Anyways, but yeah, they, they I see it on Twitter now. A lot of them. They they promote Bcash as Bcash, which which is great. Like it just rolls off the tongue better. It sounds better. It's better marketing. So, I mean, calling it Bitcoin Cash just never. I mean, what that makes like it... confuses people. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's cumbersome to say. Yeah, I mean, you know, Monero also has three syllables, but we're very venerable and respected, so you know, right. we get three syllables. Yeah, but <laughs> labeling it as Cash never. Really... I mean, I get it's more arguably more cash like than bitcoin but it's still you know it's not like a default private fungible yeah exactly um you know to their credit though it does seem like um they've got maybe is it 60 or 70 percent of their transactions are all running rolling through cash fusion which is like a coin join so the majority of their network is just repeatedly being coin joined 
um, which is more than we could say for Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I didn't know that Stack Wallet talking about adding uh, that to Stack Wallet for Bitcoin Cash. Yeah, it's a pretty good deal. I mean, I guess you know that's what you can do when you have extra space, actually have space in your blocks to um, to do some useful stuff. Yeah, I didn't realize sixty to seventy percent of all Bcash transactions go through the Cash Fusion thing. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's more than fifty percent. Um, I don't remember exactly what the number was, but it was it was definitely up there. Now, so did other coins pump as well, or is it just Bcash? Was it? Um, not really. I mean, we we saw some coins like Maker was a big coin that um, Maker took a pretty big pump here from I don't know, I think it was like fifty percent, almost a two x. Uh, as far as some of the other coins that I look at, just like randomly, and this is just a spattering. I only felt like doing eight, and I made this script like. Like nine months ago or something. Um, Soul looks like Soul has been doing pretty good this week. Um, everything else is like just kind of down. Monero's actually overall for the past couple of weeks has been no, doing better than most everything else. Um, but overall, like this week in crypto was was pretty just flat in general. Uh, like here's Bitcoin. Um, one thing that I did want to point out to you guys. So this uh, on the bottom here, this is the GBTC premium. So if y'all remember, Grayscale has a trust in which they hold Bitcoin, and then they also have a token that represents that trust that's traded on the NASDAQ. They can only buy Bitcoins into the trust, but they're not allowed to sell Bitcoins out of the trust. So what happened was that the token on the NASDAQ started trading, and it's always done this. It's always traded at a different price than the value, the spot value of the Bitcoin in the trust. And ideally, you would think it would trade you know, at the same, but because they can't actually sell Bitcoin out of the trust, it doesn't act properly like a spot ETF, which is obviously what Fidelity and everyone is, BlackRock and everyone is filing for. But one of the big things that um, that sort of clued me in that we were headed for a bear market back in 2021 when everyone was still like uber bullish was that this had dropped to, um, this had dropped to like negative 20% already. Like you'll see this right here. So when we were like midsummer, October, I, I kept saying, where's the institutional FOMO? Why wouldn't they buy a Bitcoin um, the GBTC token or, you know, tradable ETN on the stock market at like a 20% discount or 15% discount. And this thing has only continued to get more negative. So it means that the stock market only believes that this, um, that the, that the value of the spot, um, sorry, the value of Bitcoin, at least as tradable on the stock market is like minus 50%. So one thing that we really would want to see happen, um, to be convinced that maybe we're going into a new bull market, we really want to see this thing come back to a zero point. Because for most of the history of of um, Bitcoin being on or the the grayscale Bitcoin trust, and I know it's sorry, I know it's kind of weird with the language because um, it's technically not an ETF, even though you can trade it on the stock market. Like it's an ETN, but it's not a spot ETF. They're not allowed to like buy and sell and track the price of Bitcoin exactly. Um, like a proper ETF would, which is again, why we get this like weird oscillations where sometimes it's trading like, well, like you can see this is 60% right here. And at some points it's even trading twice the value of the actual Bitcoin in that trust. So anyways, um, you can see this goes back to like 2015. So to be convinced that we're like actually headed into a new bull market, like on a, on a more long-term basis, you really want to see this thing go back at least to zero because in the past, you know, it's actually traded higher than, than the spot value. So an interesting that has been ha interesting thing that has been happening um, for the past couple of weeks, really ever since BlackRock filed for their ETF um, is, is that this has been trending up. So um, right now, this is like one of the few really major positive signs that I see um, for crypto. 
So we'll talk a little bit more maybe about, um, I don't think that the top is in, like if I had to give it odds, I don't think that the top is in for Bitcoin um, or for crypto in general, but I don't like these kind of BART patterns. So, um, okay, we had like this descending wedge and then we, you know, we just with extreme momentum just broke out of the top and, and basically what amounts to a BART chart. Uh, and so this is like Bart Simpson, right? You, you've got the left head, you kind of do this choppy thing. And usually when you say Bart, you imply that you're going to come back down to the other side. I don't necessarily think that we're that that's going to happen, but this chart definitely has, it's this, this is the same old BS that we've seen over and over again, where markets just massively pump in one go, and then they just trade sideways and flat. Um, and then there's like these fake out wicks to the downside. There's these fake out wicks to the upside. I don't like this price action because to me, organic price action that supports continuous strong price movement um, should have pullbacks and it shouldn't just be the same pattern that we see over and over again. Like we can go back here. Um, you know, we can see the same kind of thing happened here. Okay. We spiked up sideways and then kind of sideways action come down uh, and then kind of the same thing again, spike up massively. I mean, I know that was the, the banking crisis, but then everything was just sideways, sideways, sideways. There's like this fake out to the top side and then it comes right back down, right? This is uh, this right here is kind of like a BART pattern. Um, and so then things just kind of bled out for a while until out of nowhere, I guess, organically, the market just decided on <laughs> June 20, June 20th, that it's just going to mega pump, you know, to the upside. And it's not even really a mega pump. It's only like 15%. Anyways, I just don't like the way the action feels like if this really was this strong, like if it was that much organic buying and people were just that excited about Bitcoin, don't you think there should have been some follow through? We should have at least hit the most obvious, um, resistance no, it was me. I, I bought all that Bitcoin. <laughs> that was you <laughs> damn bro why why like i, I trust you got the, that it wasn't from an arrow i trust it was like from an outside job it's so i can trade it to monero so it's gonna okay. go back down cool oh okay um all right well you heard it here first uh got the inside tips be careful about the sec they might come after you for insider trading or something you know just uh just be care be careful you know they're they're, they're going after people okay Anyways. for legal reasons that was a joke <laughs> yeah. uh okay i guess let's take a look at um the, the dominance on, on, on Bitcoin right here. So, uh, you know, again, we kind of peaked out of this, like the first spot that we thought we might, which was kind of that, um, that April low years and years ago, 2019, before it really shot up. I really don't expect that Bitcoin is going to, is going to do this right here where, it, um, in the mid cycle peak last, uh, last bear market, um, that would be June of 2019, um, you know, Bitcoin just shot to the top side and then dominance just like crush it. And one of the reasons that dominance crushed it so much back then was this was this um, this scam called plus token Ponzi. They had gobbled up like one percent of all Bitcoin. Um, and then the day that they were shut down by Chinese authorities, so-called authorities, uh, was the day that the market peaked, like the literal day, which was June 19th. Uh, I think it was June 19th, 2019. Maybe it was June 17th. Doesn't matter. Um, right at the end of June in 2019, the day that they shut down that scam is the day that Bitcoin peaked um, for that like mid-cycle pump. So this is one of the big reasons we saw dominance uh, back then do this just massive run because they gobbled up 1% of the Bitcoin and they traded hardly anything else. So um, unless there's some kind of like major Ponzi or fundamental reason, I, I just... I'm not sure that we'll see the dominance do this kind of move towards 72%. I think that somewhere in the neighborhood where we're at currently is probably the most we could expect. If we really wanted to get um, like, I don't know, fantastical about our predictions here, we could probably break through that and maybe get up to 57, right? Just because that's such an easy spot right there. And sometimes this kind of stuff does happen like this. 
happened right this this dominance pump happened in 2020 that was mostly just market makers um trying to convince the market that it was game on right before we entered the 2021 uh blow off long-term blow off season um so yeah that's that's basically that where the crypto markets are at ethereum bitcoin is maybe forming a bottoming pattern it was strong up here and then it just kind of crashed to the downside again with all the sec threats and, and all that stuff um but you could also say that this right here is forming a very long-term bullish divergence so you know we're looking at this you've got higher lows on the momentum scores but you've got lower lows on the price so this is already looking potentially like um, bullish divergence. And especially if we see Ethereum Bitcoin revisit this spot right here, um, we should definitely expect that that's going to go up long term. Um, still need, you know, probably a few more weeks to confirm that. We really do want to see if that's going to come back to this line. But this kind of action right here in combination with um, with this this divergence would really signal that Ethereum is, is going to be strong against Bitcoin um, going into sort of like the more long term towards the end of the year, uh, maybe into early next year. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at Monero in that case. So last year, uh, last week I showed you guys these moving averages. So that's what all this, this white stuff is here. Actually, let me, uh, let's hide the drawings. Okay. So that makes it a little bit easier to see and we'll turn that off as well. Okay. So you can basically see again, this is like a long-term chart, but we're, we basically Monero price just kind of trended between these falling, these sort of compressing moving averages. And this is not any one particular moving average because it's arbitrary which one you select. Um, so you just overlay all of them. You'll notice that there's kind of like these gaps. Um, that's because I have some cool filtering built into this so that it doesn't um, actually, let me just show you what it looks like without the filter. And then it'll, it'll look like normal moving averages after we do this. Okay. So this is just a whole bunch of different moving averages uh, overlaid on top of each other. So, um, basically like, yeah, I mean, there's kind of like this cluster that sort of formed a support and then we've just been trending. You can see there's sort of this other cluster right here and price is really just oscillating, trending around that. I would probably suspect that until a new, a new bull market breaks out, you know, like maybe next year, um, maybe 2025, uh, I, I would expect that price is probably going to be mostly constrained, um, by this band, by this sort of compression here. Um, you know, we, we really have had the Monero price, the USD price. You can see that it's it's basically becoming constrained in terms of volatility. So at some point, usually when your volatility becomes constrained, um, that's usually like kind of a compression. It's it's kind of like the theory on this is that the market is always searching for the true price of an asset. And so eventually, and the, well, I should say two things, the market is always searching for the true price of an asset, which kind of means implies speculation of some sort. So what will happen is you'll get some big volatile move and then you'll have lowering volatility for the next months or even sometimes years to come where the market sort of settles on a price that they think the asset is. But at some point, the volatility is so low and so much time has passed that people reevaluate their speculation and the market and aggregate speculates towards a new price direction. Um, so it, so it acts kind of like a spring when you see this compressing volatility. So maybe something like that, you know, and then it ultimately breaks out and has another major volatile move. Um, at least that's like some of the theory on volatility analysis, uh, for, for markets. So, um, yeah, I mean, at, at the moment, you know, Monero had a, had a really nice move. We talked about that last week and we've kind of just been flat ever since. Um, I don't think this move is over. Uh, I think it's very, very likely we could probably get to 190, um, you know, to the top of these moving average clusters. Um, maybe there's some other short-term patterns to try and find in here. Uh, let's go down to, I guess this is the two hour. Yeah. I mean, there's really, there's not too much exciting going on with this chart. We could mute those. All right. And then we could try and like, I don't know, draw some lines. I'm not sure how valid any of these lines are. Uh, lines are always 
slightly questionable, slightly dubious. Um, yeah, there's kind of like slightly a channel going on here. Uh, again, nothing exciting. Um, one cool thing that we have seen is that XMR has done continued to do well against Ethereum. Um, I really, I really did think that. Um, um, well, I wasn't too sure. Like, if it seemed like Ethereum was strong, but I guess with um, all the SEC stuff, um, a lot of a lot of the movement and hype for for some of this stuff really got put on hold. Um, which Monero has kind of been a beneficiary to the tune of about fifteen percent. So this definitely right here now looks um, suspiciously like a bottoming pattern. Almost, you would almost want to call that a W pattern, but not quite. Um, I don't think you could call it a W. You know, so kind of down here, up. Uh, and then right now we're kind of like retesting that level, um, this spot right here. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Monero versus Ethereum is looking okay-ish. Uh, not not as good as we might hope. The, uh, the price divergences have been basically flat. Nothing really exciting here. Uh, we left off uh, last week. We would have left off right around here. So kind of just been oscillating around zero. Um, not really anything to look at there. One cool thing that we can't look at, however, is the market cap dominance, XMR.D. So, okay, so we've got, um, you know, kind of like this broadening structure right here. We almost slightly broke through. Uh, and again, you know, so we kind of almost broke through, came back down, and then it stopped halfway and we're already on our way up to this line again. So that signals that this line um, is probably getting ready to be broken on a more permanent basis. Um, but the thing that stuck out to me that, that I noticed today was... Um, you might call this a head and shoulders, or I should say an, an inverse head and shoulders, right? So that sort of left, uh, right shoulder here on the inverse portion is, is being formed. And uh, I mean, yeah, hypothetically, that, that could imply a target. Let's do that measurement here. So those would be the shoulders. Actually, I think I did that wrong. Those would be the shoulders right there. And then we would measure from the top to where that is. And that would imply, hypothetically, a target of... Another like two, uh, three to four X for Monero price versus the rest of crypto. Um, now, whether we could actually make it that far, whether XMRD could actually go from 0.26 um, of the crypto market, 0.26% of the crypto market, um, you know, all the way up to, uh, I guess that would be about 0.8. You know, I'm not sure if we could really make it that far, but um, but maybe, right? Like, uh, I mean, but there is stuff going on with Monero that that um, that could signal to us that that important things could be happening with our price, and um, it's another reason I hodl because, I mean, with the way that there's some shady stuff that goes on in the background, I just refuse to be left out in the cold if Monero is going to make some mega pump out of nowhere, um, you know. And it stands to reason that that it might do that at some point. Um, who knows if some big name person like has some big need of Monero or uh, <laughs> CZ gets shut down and he knows that his only escape hatch is to get into the only real digital cash out there, uh, you know, et cetera. Anyways, um, I just thought it was interesting that we've got kind of an inverse head and shoulders pattern, very, very large inverse head and shoulders starting from 2021, really starting from the end of 2020. Um, yeah, so that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, awesome. And then Monero Bitcoin. Uh, go ahead uh, if when you guys had something to to say. Then. No, no, no. That's that's exciting to see. I mean, how uh, how well formed is that is that pattern? I would say it's pretty good. Like okay. uh, honestly, like that's that definitely looks like this is definitely looking like a head and shoulders. We kind of need to see a little bit more follow through on this side, you know, up here, just to to sort of confirm that. But I mean, that that's definitely that, that that's a pretty well formed head and shoulders. It's not perfect, but. Um, you could definitely call it that. And again, you know, all of these like and people say TA is just astrology for dudes and um, they're not entirely wrong. Uh, it is it's it's useful. It's statistical. It doesn't always play out. Um, things can go to a totally different side. Um, it's also why I think that 
you know, you should be integrating TA with other analysis like macro analysis, um, sentiment analysis, things like that. Um, I can't remember who it was, but I remember asking or reading someone. It was a video that I watched and uh, I don't know, it was like some old like insider stock stock market guy. Um, did a lot of like liquidity providing, market making, stuff like that, um, and also worked for hedge funds. And so someone asked them, he said, listen, do you, um, how much do you guys as a hedge fund, you know, you're investing billions and billions of dollars, do y'all use technical analysis? And he said, well, the thing is when you're dealing with that much money, you end up moving the market. And for the most part, like we don't have access, like the short-term traders, yeah, you can find little patterns, you can get in and out of the market, you're not going to induce slippage, you're not going to move the market against yourself, et cetera. But when you're dealing with this kind of cash, um, you really have to make uh, fundamental decisions on where to invest the cash. So you, you look at the companies, you decide, you know, which ones are going to be worthwhile over the course of very long periods of time, you know, years, even decades. And he said, now we will use TA sometimes. He said, if they tell us, okay, it's time to get into a position for a long-term position um, and we want you to acquire this position over the course of a few months, he said, yeah, yeah, we'll use TA to try and... Um, time our buys to try and get the best entry price we can. Um, but what I took from that is that, yeah, I mean, even the big guys know that TA has some validity to it. Um, it's just that unless you're, you know, it, if you're, you, if you're playing around with say a million dollars or less, like you're really not going to move the markets that much against you. And you could, you can exploit TA more than, um, you know, more than the big hedge fund. So anyways, that's just kind of like a side, a side piece on TA. Um, Oh, you know, I'll say one more thing about it. So the regression analysis that we've that we've talked about since like forever here, um, that's also technical analysis. That's all that is is um, that's just applying numbers and lines and stuff to to a chart, uh, and, and it works. Like it works, and you can prove that it works statistically, right? You can I can prove in a very like clear fashion with statistics that we've been using for decades, really a hundred years, um, that it is better than chance. Right. And that's really the only the only reason that you use TA is that you're trying to get something better than chance. So, um, yeah, the uh, let's just pull it up really quick just so that everyone can make sure that they can see what what I mean here. Uh, I don't know what that line is for. OK, this is that regression analysis on Bitcoin. We've been looking at this forever. It basically nailed the top to within one percent uh, back in April 2021. And again, this is statistically provably better than chance like this isn't. It doesn't and it doesn't have to hold up like it can break down like it's just a statistical model, but it does help you make decisions in a way that are going to get you better than chance decisions. So that's the only reason we do TA. Um, yes, it is slightly like astrology for guys, especially if done in dubious in dubious fashion. But um, OK, you know, just a side rant on why TA is, is actually important. Uh, and it's one among many pieces that you should integrate into your analysis. Um, yeah, OK, so with that statistics at the end of the day, but I mean, the, the I guess there's two problems. One, people not properly applying it and to people using their own biases they do it right like that's the hard oh, part yeah. take your your own personal Man. bias out of the interpretations right yeah i mean uh, i think i posted on twitter a few days ago or maybe like last week like if you really want to you know if you really want to like uh hit the ego and like try and um figure out where your biases are and, and all kinds of stuff and see if your market paradigm actually lines up with reality Start trying, you know, try to become a trader, right? You don't even have to put that much money into it. Like if you have a portfolio of say $100,000, put $1,000 uh, into a trading account and then see if you can like time the market um, at least on a weeks to months long basis, right? Like, okay, if you're doing algorithmic short-term purely TA trading, um, you're not going to put your market paradigm up against any real test because you're just doing an algorithmic thing. But like, 
if you really want to like see if your market paradigm is good and reveal your biases and like reveal where you might have some ego getting in the way uh, and emotions getting in the way, like start trading, <laughs> you'll find really quickly, um, like just how much you have to work on that to keep it from um, like becoming a hindrance. Uh, I know, I mean, I I'm just speaking from the school of hard knocks here. I've done this like a lot, you know, where you, you learn eventually to like, look at your emotions and say, okay, what is my, my emotion saying? And how is that different from what my intellect is saying? And what kind of signal does that give me? So, you know, uh, maybe speaking a little bit about emotions, let's, let's talk a little bit about the sentiment. So, um, there's a BRICS meeting in August. The BRICS are the Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. And they've been alive. They've been around meeting since like before Bitcoin existed. And they've been talking about replacing the dollar since forever. Um, but this time in August, I promise they're going to do it. They're going to release a BRICS currency, gold-backed BRICS currency. And uh, that's going to take us into the, the promised land. And so I expect, um, and obviously I'm joking here, but I expect these kinds of narratives to start popping up around August um, when this meeting happens. And I've actually seen the sentiment almost in unison for the entirety of crypto turn positive. Like all the old rats are coming out of the woodwork. You know, it's, I'm seeing their their tweets now, and they're they're not so ashamed of themselves anymore. <laughs> they, they should they should uh, they definitely still should be. Um, but anyway, so I I am seeing kind of like sentiment change into a unison direction that does make me a bit concerned. That doesn't mean that I think it's necessarily the top here. Um, I do think on balance of probabilities, Bitcoin has another higher high to make. I even have some friends that I respect that think it's going to like 45 or 50. In my mind, that's too easy. Too many people have a break even level there. Um, it's, too, it's just like a hundred thousand in 2021, a hundred thousand was way too easy. And like a bunch of normie friends that I like, cause you know, I sample people in telegram groups and stuff like that and, and friends in real life. And a lot of them were like, uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take some profit at a hundred thousand, you know, but, oh, but really I might just take it at like 90,000, right. Front mm. run it. And then we didn't even get to 90,000. Like we only made to 70. So, okay. If, if something similar happens here with this like big 50,000 number that's starting to emerge in people's minds, um, are we going to make it to 50? Are we even going to make it to 45? So that's, you know, you, it, it's hard to trade off of that, um, you know, but it is kind of one piece that I look at. I don't like when I see the, the market get totally bearish or totally bullish. Um, that's that's usually spells opportunity for some deep pockets insiders. Um, so anyways, we've got the, the, the bricks thing coming up in August. Uh, that should you'll probably start seeing more of that pop up on like Twitter and stuff. Um Let's see. Oh, Brazil releases some code for an ERC-20 CBDC. Ooh. So um, it's like it's all written in Solidity. So Solidity is like the native coding language of Ethereum. Uh, so it looks like Brazil is is going to experiment with a CBDC on top of Ethereum, which is, of course, should be no surprise to anyone here. Um, that's like basically kind of the things we're, we've been expecting for for months now. Um with this is huge. Like in my mind, especially if they actually make this thing go live on Ethereum as a layer two, holy crap. Like that's massively more important than the El Salvador um, compromised Chivo wallet that they did. So uh, important little piece of news there. Um, next week, we're going to get some CPI numbers. Uh, I, th those have mattered less and less lately. Uh, actually, let's just take a look at it really quick. Um, if we get some major drop, like we could, we could definitely see, like if there is a major drop, we could definitely see... Um, if I can find it. Oh, it was right here. Of course. Um, yeah, I mean, that could that really like has the potential to propel the markets to another higher high. Um, 
I'm not sure that it will drop, but uh, okay. So the white is the CPI numbers. We're basically almost back in trend. Like, so from this entire area from the early 2000s, CPI is basically back in trend. Um, the producer price index is now back in trend in blue. This, the orange line, which is the core inflation, and that's the one the Federal Reserve cares about the most, is a lot more sticky. That's, that's going to be hard. You can see that's still pretty high. It, it's, it was only since like the early 90s that was actually this high. So really, it's that core inflation that we need to see come back down. <clears throat> I wouldn't expect too much to happen in that regard. Um, the numbers could come down, but maybe the market will trade some volatility around the release of the numbers, but I don't think it will be too big of a deal. Um, and uh, let's go ahead and take a look at the dollar because we did talk about the bricks and replacing the dollar allegedly. That's the SM. All right, here's the dollar index. Okay, so um, really, like nothing too big has happened since last week. Uh, we kind of said, hey, this flattened out. You know, we'll probably get some resistance here, maybe like chop sideways. You know, I don't think the dollar is quite ready to break out just yet. It tends to move on slow timelines. Um, I mean, for one, just because it's such a massive market, there's so much liquidity there um, that these markets don't move as fast. Um, you know, whenever you have massive liquidity, it's hard to move the price. So, but still, nonetheless, the dollar is is setting up here um, for some kind of rebound to the top side. I think eventually uh, could be could be September, October, could be August. But um, you know, again, like as we see the narratives and the sentiment move more and more clearly in one direction, the more outlandish it gets, the more obnoxious the uh, you know the players get there about uh, about their moon bags. Um, you could just you can expect that that those are all counter signals, right? Those are signals of a top. So we'll be watching the dollar very closely. Um, it would be amazing to see the dollar break out and then also see Bitcoin make a new all time high and then see the dollar keep going up because that's what happened last time in uh, in 2021 before the right before the end of the bull market. Um, we've got the uh, repurchase agreements. And the interesting thing to me here is that repurchase agreements have continued to go down, um, even recently by, I guess we'll just call that about $200 billion, $150, $200 billion, even as the stock markets are kind of struggling, sorry, uh, as the stock markets are struggling to make new higher highs, right? This is the NASDAQ. Um, things came up. So even though that that the uh, reverse repos have been coming down, which is kind of like cash leaving the Federal Reserve, just parked there for a low interest rate, um, where's that cash going exactly? Because it doesn't look like it went into the stock market all that much. Um, and then if we take a look at bonds, uh, here we go. Here's the 10-year bond and the rest of the bond market looks very similar. Um, so this is the rates, right? The interest rate it is inverse to the value of bonds overall. So overall, the value of bonds has been dropping as the rates have been rising. Um, so that money hasn't been going into bonds. It hasn't been going into the stock market. Maybe it's been going into new bonds. I really, I don't know, but I'm curious about where that money actually has gone. Um, this is kind of an important chart right here that we should stop for a moment. The 10-year the yield um, formed this like falling wedge here, and it just broke out of that. Um, this past week. So um, I think this is the market anticipating at least one or two more uh, rate hikes from the Federal Reserve. Um, these tend to be a little bit more stable, but sometimes they can just like make crazy big moves. These like this crazy rise in interest rates was not a good thing. Normally when when bond rates rise, that means stock, that money is leaving bonds and going into the stock market. Um, but uh, I mean, I don't know where again, like, OK, if there's money leaving bonds and the stock market is flat or slightly down, um, and then gold is also basically flat here uh, for the whole week. I, I'm just curious where that money might be going. Um, there's probably an answer there somewhere, and I just haven't been able to think of it. Um, 
So with that, I, I think that's go to, you know, go to B cash. <laughs> <laughs> it's B cash. Oh man, that's a good one. You should post that. You, you'll you'll be an instant favorite in the B cash community. I'll have to buy some B cash first. Uh, <laughs> cool, Matt. What what else we got? I, I mean, that, that was a extensive overview there. Any, yeah, sorry, right. I, I didn't. I, I was like, I was. It's going to be short today. I don't have much to say. Oops. <laughs> Trading lessons with body. Yeah, no worries. Uh, anything else you want to throw out there? Um, let's see. You know, I always forget to check the YouTube comments. So, is there any questions there? I I, I haven't looked so bad. Uh, one guy was saying, "Well, the Bcash pump." Uh, what did he say? Launch uh, of EDX, EDX markets. What's that? Go ahead. Launch of EDX markets backed by Fidelity, Citadel, Schwab, which listed BCH and BSV. Oh man, maybe you should get some Satoshi's vision going on. <laughs> they listed BSV. What the? <laughs> so i guess BSV i mean take a pump to you know what let's check it i mean i can understand okay i, I can get bcash like I, I got that but bsv what the hell how how is get that a little out there for sure uh oh they only had a, a one and a half x pump mm. wah, wah. <laughs> only one and a half i mean yeah, bch is understandable like bitcoin cash was the main fork you know in a very contentious time um that is still like i mean from our perspective the 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 non-fork side was basically wrong like the block size should have been raised by now um but then like bc bsv was just a liar that's like a vexatious litigant in court that's it's a, it's amazing that um that craig wright hasn't been sanctioned like because he gets on stand and he lies and he says all this stuff like how's he not been sanctioned or faced consequences for all the lies that he's told in court um it makes me wonder about who he might really be oh who do you think he might really be I don't know, like, how does he just jet around the whole world lying in court and not face consequences? What kind of people can do that, you know? And who are those yeah. people connected to, usually? Um, but then what's the, uh, what's the motive? Like, what is he trying to do? Like, what are they, or the people behind him trying to do? I think, I, I mean, mean, if I, I was, was going to go crank theory, I would say that um, they want him to basically cause problems and disruptions. Um, he serves like one, a polarizing figure to sort of harden the maximalist side into their maximalist camp and be like, oh, no, look how obviously stupid he is. And we're right. And, you know, and then also to um, divide the cash community as well, um, because you can't have, you know, you don't want Bitcoin actually becoming usable uh, or and or popular with number go up enough that encourages people to adopt and use it. Um, you know, you would like people to stay in the compromise chain, which which doesn't have any scaling where lightning's not working. It's been five years. Uh, and now there's like DGEN NFTs. I, I'm not like, I don't even like, I wouldn't even put myself 50% on that theory. <laughs> Maybe I'd put 50%, but I do just stop and ask myself, hmm, like, could there be something going on? Could this guy be like a, some kind of like agent, you know, disinformation agent or, um, you know, something along those lines. Yeah, I don't he necessarily. But if he is, he's doing a bad job. <laughs> like he's not having much of an impact, you know, he's just become him and the project are clownish, right? I mean, yeah, well, the BSV project definitely is considered clownish, but for the time period that he was, he's not really relevant anymore, but for the time period he was relevant, um, he did a pretty good job of like hardening emotionally maxis into to hating Bcash. Um, and he did a pretty right. good job of splitting, maybe not that great of a job, but he did split the, the Bcash community. Um, after the fact, you know, so yeah. I feel like his, yeah, he's just he a, was a crazy narcissist, was, <laughs> you know, early in Bitcoin. Yeah. This is probably one of those, um, you know, the simple explanation is the, yeah, yeah, is the real explanation. Yeah, that's where I would go. I mean, I do like to entertain, you know, the multiple possibilities there just cause you know, if you hadn't thought of it, you can, you know, you just want to at least consider it. I don't know. 
All right, man. Uh, let's let's move it on. Move it on. Move it on. I want to I want to get outside today. It's hot as hell here in New York. Cool. Well, sweet. Uh, thanks thanks buddy. for the opportunity. Thanks for the time. And, uh, body, thank you so much. Man. Appreciate it. Maybe we'll get that three X Monero pump uh, one of these days. Yes. Heck yeah, I'm ready for it. <laughs> I think we're all ready for it. Monero. Actually, I don't know. We wouldn't even know what to do, right? There'd be like what. Monero, Monero community just so used yeah, to Yeah, they'd be it. like, why is it going up? I can't, this, <laughs> this is not okay. <laughs> Everyone would be upset. <laughs> like, no. Um, all right, man, what do, what do we got next? Ready for dev segment with yeah, D-Dune? Yeah. All yeah. right, let's do it. And now for the Monero development segment. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Digun, what's up, man? Nothing much. Um, is also I'm in DC, so it's also hot here. So I definitely feel you on that, though. <laughs> really hot. Yeah, I mean, Greece was hot, but I guess I was like, you know, I was at the beach every day. Here, it's like it's hot. In, in New York, hot. It's just kind of kind of miserable because it's also muggy, not dry heat. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it's super humid where I live. So even when I went to Mexico, it was like it was pretty warm, but it was like dry, so it didn't feel mm-hmm. bad. But then I came back home, and I'm actually like, holy crap, it's like way hotter here. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, I, I like the heat. I like this, but I just want to. I'd rather be out in the beach, swimming in the ocean. Although now there now there's sharks everywhere on, in New York on Long Island. It's like insane. <laughs> it's like insane. Like crazy amount of sharks. You can't. Five, you can't write five this people got got bit by sharks in like the last. Like, in like oh, New York. What? Yeah, yeah, in New York on the Long Island beaches. Bit. Like not <laughs> not like sea shark. Like they got it like like shark bites. It's like Obviously, nightmare. They weren't, they weren't great whites or you know uh, I don't know man killers. Still, people getting nibbed at. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll be that guy, man. I love swimming in the. I when I go, I don't like bait. Like I swim. I like swim far. Like I like shark bait. Can't do anything these days. No oh, man, I'm, I'm something. Some, I don't know. I think the aliens are behind. I don't know what's going. on. <laughs> <laughs> but um let's make sure doug gets to go maybe we maybe i should take a long time though you don't yeah my life you're probably safe well today we have a sort of long one because um i did some research into cool ways to get monero because i i run a business in monero so i i, I have the opposite problem like have to like um sell monero to like fund the business so i, I did the research into like what are ways people actually should get Monero, they want to get it, they can exchange it and all those things like that. And this is recently because um, I started researching like Havana. I don't know anything about Havana. So I was like, I mean, they do some research to this. Then it spread into everything like from Sarai into Atomic Swaps. I decided to put like a a very quick like TLDR into like the current meta for buying Monero and uh, without an exchange and the things coming on the horizon. The status of Atomic Swaps, the status of... Um, Havana, Haven, and Sarai, pretty much. Yeah. But yeah, so this is um, slightly inspiring. I saw someone post that SideShift suddenly dropped Monero support. Um, no one in Monero space is surprised or stressed. It's not a big deal. Happens. This literally happens all the time. But then, you know, this happens all the time with Binance. These things delist. Monero gets delisted all the time. It's just way of being in a crypto space. But then that made me think about ways to get Monero, which... Um, aren't on an exchange. And the main way we that I knew about before I did this research was like local Monero, all right? And if you haven't learned from local Monero, I don't know where you've been. It's like, to my knowledge, the most like, highest volume way to get Monero. I don't know if it actually competes with this. Like, I, am I, at least culturally speaking, local Monero is much more popular in Monero space. And basically local Monero works is, um, it's a centralized peer-to-peer 
there are, it's a it's a platform, but the admins run the platform and they hold they hold the money currently. Hopefully that will change when we go Monero gets popular multi sig. I thought you guys are working on multi sig for the I don't know. Text me right now. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, uh, I was just doing some some unrelated reading on GitHub, but yeah, we are working on a uh, a Monero based marketplace that will have sig. I didn't even put you on blast. I, I just saw Tuxedo's response to the CSS. So yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess yeah. The, inf public. the information's out there. We're just not talking about it too much because you know we don't just like with the Noto. Don't want to talk until we until we have something to show. Uh, Noto, obviously, we're there. Monero, this this new project, we we get we got some some climbing to do, right, Tux? But um, <laughs> the guy working yeah. on it uh, is pretty. He's 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 first working on this on this multi sig implementation, and so if he can get that, then the rest of it. try to be. I mean, as far as I know, there's really no um, trustless escrow monero marketplace right yeah I mean, no period yep, monero not... market that has escrow but it's not trustless um yeah. we're, we're trying to implement that it's and we we found somebody who uh thinks he pulled off but yeah we, we don't want to say much more because you know we don't want to toot, toot our own horn without before we get there you know that makes sense. sorry i didn't i didn't even put you on blast I'll... no no worries it's good That's oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> information. it's better coming from somebody else but yeah basically local there like doug said is still centralized in the manner that you have to trust them not to steal your funds like doug said also there's currently no decentralized peer-to-peer -peer, uh well there's no multi-sig decentralized monero platform yet because uh, multi-signature has a long history in monero it was it was working for a while then there was a bug then it got dropped and all the it's a long, complicated history, and Doug's team's working. Well, I don't want. I don't want to. Yeah, like uh, I'm yeah. not technical enough, but uh, you know, you can do multi-sig in Monero. Uh, yes. Rhino, right, is doing some interesting things with with multi-sig, um, but as far as I know, nobody has done multi-sig escrow on a mar you know in a marketplace or on a platform, something like Monero. Yes, you are it's just correct. Because it's difficult to implement multi. Yeah, difficult for users to use. What wallet do you use? Because it's currently not supported by the Monero GUI. So it's like, like, yeah. So because it's completely correct, but this is the most popular way I see, culturally speaking, most mentioned way is to use local Monero to um, pretty much. And it's it's a way. The big thing, good thing about local Monero is you can get you can pretty much mail someone cash in the mail, and they'll give you Monero, which I think is is probably the better way than using something like your bank account, Venmo, or Cash App. It's more anonymous, things like that. So this is one of the most popular ways to get Monero right now. But um, and once you have that Monero, you can use something like Cake Wallet. And Trocador is a really cool app that pretty much lets you. So first step is to get fiat to Monero or Bitcoin or something. And Trocador allows you to swap into any other coin from that. Basically, what they do is they go to all these swap services and they aggregate them for you. Pretty much it's sort of like the Google of swap services. You go in there and they give you like... This one has five stars. This has four stars. This one's the cheapest. And you can pretty much shop around, do that. And really cool thing is super easy to use. Cake Wallet has it integrated currently also. So once you get your Monero, you know, fiat to crypto, you can get any coin you want, which is pretty much, I think, the current meta for doing this. I think it's pretty popular way of doing it. Is that right, Doug? What, people using Trocador? Yeah. Yeah, pretty popular, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. It's, I mean, it's one, it's one of the, I guess, the major swap services. But like you said, what's nice about it is they aggregate all of them, right? So it's like you're getting... Yeah. I guess the best uh, trade at that at that time when you go to swap, right? Because they're they're finding mm -hmm. the, the the best price, whatever. Yeah. So that's the current meta for if you want to have um, you have fiat, you want to get Monero, you want to get Bitcoin, you do something else. But now I'm going to go into some decentralized options, which are 
generally more experimental, maybe a little less reliable, but they're decentralized. You don't have to worry about too much third-party risk. Now, I would say the most popular decentralized option right now is, I guess, fortunately or unfortunately, BISC. But I'm um, thinking what BISC is, it's pretty much like um, a decentralized marketplace. You have to install an app, run a node, do all these things. But the, uh, the bad thing I don't like about it is that you can't go from fiat to Monero because um, BISC is currently um, Bitcoin-focused. So in order to go from get Bitcoin from cash, you have to go fiat to Bitcoin, then Bitcoin to Monero, which makes it much harder to get the Monero, makes the liquidity pools lower, probably higher prices. But BISC is a decentralized option that's pretty popular in general. And someone a couple years ago, I think two years ago, saw the issue and basically have have Vino. I don't want to pronounce it wrong. You know how to pronounce it, Doug? Havino. 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 Yep. It's basically so uh, a fork of BIS that's made to be Monero specific. So you you probably heard it around a lot. I heard it around a lot. I didn't know what it, the difference was between BIS, Havano, Havino, mm-hmm. and these other projects. I'm just giving a quick overview of them. And the current status is I think it's being worked on. Last I checked, they were actually acquired by cake wallet or yeah at, at oh, Monero, really? you know there was um well i don't know acquired they're i guess funding the development um um they, they had some issues if you remember with funding they raised mm-hmm. money but then the price of monero went down and uh yeah i think they suspended it like last year didn't they the development of it yeah uh but at Monerotopia, we had uh you know the the main guy uh the main dev presented it and so they're they're pretty much there. I think that you know they've launched the testnet, right? I believe. Yeah, and I, I the yeah. the I believe testnet's live, and I also I looked yeah. at their GitHub, and I think Woodsir, yeah, who was a Monero core dev, had committed like two weeks ago. So it's yeah, very he, much alive. He, he presented that at Monerotopia at the time. Oh and, yeah. Um, and we'll be putting up that video soon. That was one of the videos where. Unfortunately, we lost electric in the in the dome for a significant amount of time. Uh, but luckily, somebody there recorded it locally with their phone. So we'll we'll edit that together, and get it out. Um, but he goes into <laughs> detail about the Woodser goes into detail about the Havino project and and the launch of the testnet. But yeah, go ahead, Dean, take it away. Yeah. So basically, um, is this is meant to be a quick overview. If you see all these names thrown around, you see advertisements and talks to give you a quick overview of what these things are. So like Doug said, I don't want to iterate him again. Um, this is a BIS fork run by, um, sub- funded in part by Cake Wallet. Um, the code's been written by some of the Monero Core So really cool projects, Testnet live right now. Basically, BISC focus or BISC Monero fork. So that's pretty much that is not live yet, still on Testnet. And then another thing you might have heard about is Sarai. And Sarai is really cool. Doug has a couple of interviews focused on Sarai and other projects. So Sarai, well, a lot of these other platforms require you to run a node, right? In order to use BISC, you have to run a Bitcoin node, I believe, and other different projects. If you want to be a maker, there's all these other requirements. But pretty much what some um, really smart Monero devs came up with is you can use multi-sig to actually not require any nodes in the process, right? Basically, you sign a transaction. Well, I don't know exactly how it works, but you sign a transaction and you, you don't have to be online for it. You can post that transaction and post data back and forth. And it's decentralized also. So, so, but Sarai is meant to be a really, um, not bare bones, but really simple and focused project. I think they plan to launch with Monero, Ethereum, Bitcoin, and DAI, I believe, as some options. DAI is a stable coin used. And it's really cool. They recently finished their um, audit by um, Cypher, Cypher Stack, which is really um, popular in the Monero space. And they're also not live yet. They might, I'm not sure if they have a testnet option up yet, 
but it's a really cool project and i'm really excited for it really smart devs behind it so this yeah, one would be just simpler hmm? yeah luke parker right so everybody uh obviously everybody knows luke parker at this point mm -hmm. uh and most famously for his work on full membership proofs but this is, you know, the thing that he's really been focusing on up until mm -hmm. that has been Sarai. And I think the, the biggest thing to mention about Sarai, too, is it's um, it's kind of analogous to, to ThorChain, right? So um, mm -hmm. it's it's based on liquidity pools. So it's not uh, it's not a DEX. It's not peer, it's not peer to peer, right, where you're opening mm -hmm. up a trade with one other, one other individual, which kind of limits uh, liquidity, right? So it's based on liquidity pools. So whenever you want to go trade your Monero, um, they're, they're, you know, it's more fluid, right? You're not like yeah. looking for somebody to set up a trade with. Uh, you're coming, going in and out of these liquidity pools and trading through them. So it's, it's effectively like a Thor chain that's Monero based, I think is the easiest way to explain it. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's just, I feel like the, this space is very quickly evolving because I, I'm not too familiar with ThorChain myself. And I'm like, oh, these there's so many options that people just don't like talk about. Like, if you, if you want to be decentralized and use Monero, you can do There's so many options like Doug Shay, like ThorChain, all these other projects too that I'm not too familiar with. But so that's pretty much the ride. Um, the next one, also, I believe not live yet, just got audited. I'm not sure if they have a, they probably have some type of testnet, but I'm not, I'm not sure how open that testnet is right now. And then Haven, which is really cool. I had heard a lot about it, did some research last night. And Haven's, there's also a decentralized exchange up, well, platform, and their idea is that you can have um, private assets essentially. So you can like have synthetic coins that track the gold price, synthetic coins that track the oil price, and things like that. Of course, you have a, you have um, stable private coins. All these that's their main goal from reading their white paper last night, and it's also not live yet. It went live on testnet, but then they had some issues. Oh, I think it went live live. Like you could use it. Then there were some issues last um, during the bear market. I think they pulled it back. I think they've done some more testing around that. I believe Cake, Cake Wallet supports, or at some point supported buying it and holding it, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's yeah. built into Cake Wallet. You could hold your your Haven there. But obviously, yeah, they've they've run into issues with their the algorithm, right? It's an algorithmic stable mm -hmm. coin. Yep. Uh, and that hasn't really proven to, to work. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. sounds great in theory, uh, but they've had issues with actually making it work in reality. Yeah, it's really impressive. I mean, Ethereum has a hard time tracking synthetic assets. I can't imagine trying to do that on top of Monero also with all the privacy, all the other issues the chain is going to give you versus something like um, Ethereum, which is really cool project. Hopefully they, they um, like I said, they were live at one point. I'm not sure about the current status of it. Hopefully they get, um, they get back going because it's really cool to be able to have private, you know, gold coins that track gold price. It's really cool to have private coins that track the oil price or whatever thing like that. And that's pretty much like a quick overview of the DEXs. So if you hear these things now, you'll know what they mean. And now we're going to get some really cool stuff about atomic swaps, which also, like, I don't know why they're not talking about more. They're really cool. And that some of them are actually live right now. I know, well, Doug talks about it. Like, literally everything I look up, Doug has an interview with the person. So it's just like, <laughs> so, but hopefully they get more use. Yeah, so we right have. Now, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So um, just a quick overview of the Atomic Swap space. Unstoppable Swap is a service that allows you to swap currently. This is live, but you can only go from Bitcoin to XMR with an Unstoppable Swap. So you can currently do this. I'm not sure how deep the liquidity pool is right now. Wasn't able to pull up and get it tested, but this is currently something that you can literally run on your computer. It, re it requires a full note on both ends, I believe. If I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about that, but it does require some dev work. Like you have to go to GitHub, 
run the Docker, do all that kind of stuff. But like currently, you can swap from Bitcoin to XMR using Unstoppable Swap atomic swaps. I'm going to step back a little bit and give an overview of what an atomic swap is. And atomic swap is a decentralized way that allows you to swap from one chain to another in, in an atomic manner. And that means that if something goes wrong, Either the transaction goes through completely or it doesn't go through at all. There is no way for you to get stuck in the middle in this weird state. That's why it's called atomic. It's meant to be decentralized peer-to-peer -peer also, and sort of different than what um, Doug mentioned earlier with Sarai, which is more of a pool type thing. This is meant to be literally some dude in somewhere has a node, you have a node, and y'all can run this software and go back and forth and swap coins. So that's really cool. Like right now, it currently runs. Um, you, you can go from Bitcoin to XMR. There's also... Another project, um, Farcaster, which allows you to go both ways. And they're they're actually been doing this right now. On the screen, I'm showing that they did like an, the average swap was $400. The highest amount was $2,700. So they're currently going back both ways. But once again, it's still um, really meant for devs to run right now. It's not really, you can't just pull it up, go to it. You have to like run like a node, all this stuff. So it's not really recommended for, I, I would say, people who are not technical. But it's really cool that you can currently do this as we speak right now. Also, there are ones I didn't mention, like um, Monerotopia. They talked, um, Elizabeth, I believe, did a presentation on Ethereum to Monero swaps. Yep. yep. Which yep. is really cool. I believe those can go both ways, and those are live currently also, right, Doug? Yep. Yeah. And there's also, Doug, of course, has an interview with Basic Swap, which also currently serves that runs. You can go back and forth between different. I think they had like Fyro supported, Monero supported, Bitcoin, Ethereum. I believe those are the ones that they have more also. So this is like, I don't really know why these things haven't caught on, honestly, because they're currently well, working. A lot of it, yeah, a lot of it has to yeah. do with usability, right? So atomic swap, mm. like you said, you, you basically have to be a, a dev or you know, have to, or yeah. not, you have to be technically inclined, right? Yes. And then beyond that, uh, it still requires the marketplace of connecting buyers and sellers, right? Ah. So these things need to be built into an existing market, like something like a local Monero, maybe it becomes an option there, right? So you could send cash and mail, you could uh, use Venmo, or you could do an atomic swap with somebody. Like it has to be built into that so you can connect the, the buyers and the sellers, right? So, um, and, and that's, I, you know, all that stuff needs to be built out. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so, and then I think we will start to see it be more. Um, but I think, I think that, you know, that's really why there is not quote unquote popular yet. Cause it's just not very usable for people to just go run and do an atomic swap. Um, but we did see recently, I, I don't know, is it, what was the one that was recently posted where somebody was, uh, they kind of built, what was that um, website, right? Yeah. Tux, maybe you know what I'm talking about. They built a, <laughs> like a, a user friendly interface where you can basically uh trade and swap and there's atomic swaps happening on the back end behind the scenes supposedly but i don't think it's, it's atomic monero.com atomic monero.com right it's but like I... new so don't know who the people are uh the whatever code they're using for the site is not open source but it looks very interesting because they've made a very nice uh interface that so looks like it would be very friendly for people trying to get into something like atomic swaps and very easy to use Right. I don't really totally understand it, but then the idea is behind the scenes, the atomic swap is happening. Like, and so you as a user, you're not really dealing with that. You're, it's kind of like you're, it's almost like you're using like an instant exchange, like a trocador or something. But then the behind the scenes exchanging is taking place using atomic swap, supposedly, right? Because we don't really yeah. know. Which is why it needs to be open source. Right. <laughs> so, which is, yeah, I don't know why, a little, a little sus that they would. Even then, even if it was open source, you're still trusting like their site, that the site they're, you know, that they're running is actually what the source is. But um, it looks interesting. We'll have to see what happens. But 
maybe it would be great. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe uh, maybe they just haven't released it as open source yet. Maybe maybe it isn't too good to be true. Maybe it actually is what they say it is. And that, that there you go. That's a step in the direction of usability. Be awesome. Yeah, I saw that too. It, yeah, all you said would make perfect sense. And that was just a quick overview of like the cool ways to swap Monero, buy Monero, sell Monero that aren't just like you know you go to Kraken. And you right. use a and you just go there. Like there are some really cool things. Hmm? Yeah, beyond traditional uh, centralized exchange, right? Yeah, uh, there are all these options. People mention them here and there. We compile them all today. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you covered it well, right? Basically, you have your traditional centralized exchange, then you have instant mm-hmm. exchanges, then you have dexes like like Haven and Bisque. Uh, then you have atomic swaps, mm-hmm. and then you have things like Sarai, like these. Uh, I don't know, liquidity chains, um, yeah. swapping chains. Really cool stuff. Like I said, um, that was a quick, hopefully you guys are paying attention because if you're paying attention, you got the answer to this uh, question. Um, which product does Luke, sorry, Luke work on mostly? And by Luke, I mean Luke Parker. If, if you don't know who this man is, like, please, like, I don't know where you're at. Like, come from beneath the rock, please. Luke Parker is doing great work with full membership proofs and other projects too. So I'm going to give y'all a time to think. The options are Unstoppable Swaps, Sarai Dex, and um havano so hopefully you're paying any attention to the review interview you'll know the answer to this question and the answer is sarai dex luke spends most of his time i believe working on sarai dex who knows what luke is doing in his part time he likes to just solve you know calls himself an informal cryptographer but puts out some amazing amazing work and and of course i said if something exists in narrow space doug has an interview so doug has this really cool interview where luke park is like two hours long both parts where they literally sit down and talk about Sarai decks and all these things and the trade-offs and all this really cool stuff. It's a great interview. And Doug also has an interview with um, Basic Swap, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I believe we had an interview with Elizabeth talking about Ethereum um, Monero swaps also, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, check out the, the, the show. Really cool stuff. Like, literally I'm, amazing stuff from Doug. I think that's it for me. But yeah, any questions? No, good job, man. Good job. I mean, uh, I think we should say, I always like to say, you like, especially with local Monero and mm-hmm. recently what we saw, I don't know, uh, uh, I, I, we certainly mentioned on this show, um, do you, and I don't remember if you were on the show or whatever when it happened, but uh, the person that got arrested recently yeah. using local Monero, uh, we've seen it happen in the past with local Bitcoins. Basically, the guy is, is accused of not having you know, the proper licenses, right? He's being labeled as a, uh, a money transmitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, he, he needs the proper licenses. Uh, I think he's also being accused of money laundering. Uh, so the, the point is, the simple point I'm trying to make is, uh, you know, there, there's nothing, uh, well, I guess it depends on what jurisdiction, but speaking mm-hmm. from where I am here in New York and basically in the United States, there's nothing illegal about trading Monero for cash peer to peer, right? Uh, where you mm-hmm. run into a problem is if you're uh, actively doing it as a business and for profit. So you just got to be careful out there. Uh, these tools exist. Uh, use them, but be be smart about it. If you want to start, you know, if you want to be in the business of being on local Monero and and selling Monero for cash, you're you're taking a you're taking a risk there. But if out of your own personal need, from time to time, you have a need to exchange your monero into cash or you have a need to purchase monero using cash local monero is a great way to do it but just be be cognizant of that uh before you know 
be be aware. I think it's important to to make note of that. I think even local Monero, uh, they obviously would say the same thing, right? Like consult consult an attorney or something, right? But I mean, yeah. I don't know how how you know you, you we, have, we have average Joes out there. They just want to get some Monero. They don't want to go like hire an attorney and talk to them first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, and and I have to say too, right? This isn't legal advice, but this is this is personal advice. Um, just don't 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 do it as a business, right? And and you should you should be good. You're in the clear. Um, and so it's unfortunate that they're trying to make examples of people and scare people away. Uh, so I'm not saying don't don't be scared away. You know, we, we need to fight the fight. We need to normalize. Mm-hmm. It. But we also don't want to you don't want to be that person they make an example. Of. Just don't be so aggressive in how you. Yeah, I think I would add a little more context. Like this isn't legal advice as a person who I think recently was, um, I think, allegedly arrested was in California. And they were the, the biggest one in America for local Monero, if I'm not mistaken. Like the yeah, most they, volume. they were the biggest cash to Monero exchanger. Um, yeah. Or, yeah, essentially. So I think he was yeah, out Doug's... of New York, actually. Oh, that New York? Oh, okay. Well, that makes it worse. I'm sorry. New York's rough. <laughs> yeah. I had posted. He was, uh, we've, you know, some people kind of like figured out who he was by looking at the, the court filings or whatever, court papers. Um, he, he was interviewed on a, on a, on a YouTube show. He's an interesting guy. Like really, like you watch it, he's like, you know, oh. he's, he's the type of person that uh, is out there fighting the good fight, uh, an agorist, and he's very idealistic and uh, very supportive of his beliefs and the things he yeah. was saying. Uh, but he got, he got caught up, you know, and it's unfortunate. Be careful on how you, how you. Makes sense. I think that's it for me. Don't do it as a business. Don't, don't, you don't <laughs> use local Monero, but don't be out there uh, as for business purposes, trying to, trying to buy and, and sell Monero for, for profit. Uh, because, you know, you may start exchanging with, with somebody who's not just some normal peer, but, you know, a federal agent that's screwed. Yeah. All right. Sorry, sorry to end on a down note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, um, Doug, you, you don't get bitten by any any sharks or by a, a New York federal agent. You know, we gotta, <laughs> they're both in the water. They're both in the water. It's a very dangerous time to be in New York. It sounds like There's a lot of sharks in New York. <laughs> all right Deegan. thank you so much man yeah of course <laughs> all right we have i'm waiting on the guest he said he should be on in a second okay want to want to run the news yeah we can go ahead and run the news let's go ahead and do that running that news segment and now for our weekly news segment hey guys and welcome to the news section i hope that you had a good week this time we're gonna get straight into the new section by discussing a bill approved by lawmakers in France that will allow uh, the police to secretly access the cameras, microphones, and locations of suspects via their mobile phones. But it's not just limited to their, to their phone, uh, mobile phones. Uh, it covers laptops, cars, and other connected objects as well. Um, so they can essentially remotely activate a camera, microphone, and GPS of their phones and other devices. Lawmakers agreed late on Wednesday, July um, 5th, and the MPs in President Emmanuel Macron's camp inserted an amendment limiting the use of remote spying to when justified by the nature and seriousness of the crime. And for a strictly proportional duration, also added by Dupont Moretti, that we're far away from the totalitarianism of 1984 and people's lives will be saved. Now, pay attention to the wordings. and um, People's lives will be saved. You need this thing. Essentially, everybody's going to be surveilled and um, your phone and your devices will just have an on-off switch which they can uh, remove your privacy. It's like 
being in your house, but they have the key to your house and they can get inside whenever uh, they want. Do you feel safe? <laughs> you don't really feel safe with that. And it's not going to be used just just for this purpose as well. It's, it's so essentially, it, it is 1984. It's like with CBDCs in, in, uh, in the UK, US and other countries, they discuss that. Um, yeah, and also the, in the EU, EU as well, the digital euro, um, they were discussing that, yeah, you're going to have privacy and but kind of not really, because if you do anything, then we'll be able to off switch your privacy and then we'll be able to see what you do. So, um, yeah, this is not good, but, uh, it's been passed and, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting, but, um, so then that means that your devices are always, of course, possible to spy on you, but now they can just do it. But I mean, they probably were already spying on you before if they really wanted to, of course, and now it's just legal. Um, but then let's talk about talking about kill, kill switches. Uh, the EU finalizes data act with a kill switch for smart contracts. Um, so this, in this data act, they're talking about the kill switching for smart contracts. If it's, if they're not deemed to be safe, they can be, you know, uh, terminated. And they also talk about, of course, the digital Euro aiming to make it a widely accepted and easily, um, accept, accessible form of payment. Um, and it will allow individuals to obtain digital euros through their bank upon request, ensures easy accessibility and prevents citizens from being left behind. Wow, such a nice thing. Free basic digital euro services, privacy protection. Not, you're not going to get any privacy at all. Um, and offline payments. Wow, this sounds uh, really good. I think I'm not going to use it at all. Um, but uh, the EU did finalize this data act. And yeah, another, <laughs> another act that is not... Um, really good for human population. Uh, then, so this is Christine Lagarde. Uh, she's a European Central Bank president. This is a video for, for the people watching on, on Twitter spaces. She said that inflation has pretty much come out of, from nowhere, right? Like we didn't have inflation and we woke up and like, huh, okay, 10% inflation. Okay, well, wow, eggs are more expensive. Wow, uh, the gas is more expensive all of a sudden, right? They came from nowhere. Like they haven't done anything at all, of course. Uh, they just printed trillions of euros and had negative interest rates for years. Uh, but of course, like nothing causes inflation. It's like um, a diamond is worth so much because it's only so much of it in the world. But if diamonds were growing on everybody's lawns, then, you know, it wouldn't be worth as much. So obviously, the more you print in uh, a currency, the more you're going to inflate the currency and the less is going to be. But I guess uh, that um, they didn't take basic economy. You don't even need to take economy classes. Like it's just basic uh basic common sense but um if i were to be on television and know what really caused inflation and play dumb that you just pretty much came from another i would i would not feel uh, i i couldn't even do it just these people don't have values as human beings it's absolutely absolutely crazy and they, they want you to not have values as well that's what ultimately they want to have because when you have values as a human being you don't allow these things to happen you rebel and this is why we're here you know, using Monero. Um, then, in case you're still, <laughs> in case you're still not sure if CBDCs are coming, India negotiates cross-border CBDC payments with global central banks. What is interesting is that they are saying that cross-border payments will also become much quicker, more seamless, and very cost-effective. That is another area where a lot of attention needs to be given. We are constantly in dialogue with other central banks that have introduced or are introducing CBDCs. Essentially, we do need a global solution that is quick, seamless, very cost-effective, right? So I made a transaction to Romania yesterday, for example, from here to the US, 
and uh, yeah the fees were not nice <laughs> so um needs to be cost effective low fees everything fast you know like it takes a couple of days to send something globally and if you transact more money then it's just a pain a pain uh to do so but uh, something with monero it's just fast so you know it's instant the fees are very very low the more it's used the lower the fees so uh, we need a solution eventually cbdc is, is not the solution but when countries say say that uh, we may have CBDCs, maybe not. We're going to test it. No, we're going to have something in place eventually. And it is going to be CBDC. Uh, those are just lies to show that, oh, we're uncertain. Oh, but eventually we made it to CBDC. No, CBDC is the end goal. And everybody needs to understand this. The Chinese city of Jinan accepts CBDC payments for bus rides now. Uh, so China is using CBDC. Nigeria is using CBDC. They forced their citizens in Nigeria to use the CBDC. It has it had covered uh, over in a uh, different uh, episode in the past. Uh, the Ina era, which is their CBDC in Nigeria, had a 0.5% adoption. Like nobody was using it. And that was very high because they just taken away the cash from the circulation. Um, then, you know, something like Monero also helps. So it helps with privacy, privacy invasion, right? What we kind of discussed in the beginning of, of uh, the new section. Um, then it's very easy to, to transact with people, which is very important, but also Monero is very stable as well. And it's very stable compared to other currencies because, uh, cryptocurrencies, because, uh, people actually use it. So it's used in circulation. It's not the pump and dump for people just buying speculation in the cell, you know, so it's much, it's very stable. So this brings me to Argentina's inflation is helping all coins in the crypto market. Argentina has a very high, high inflation. It's hyperinflating over, you know, 150%, which is a lot. The their money is worth nothing, right? Uh, which does help the altcoin market because the Argentinian pesos are then transformed into different altcoins by the people. But, um, you know, if they learn about Monero, they can get their Argentinian, Argentinian pesos, which are not worth much, and go into something like uh, like Monero. Now, talking about Monero, uh, I've seen this video, which is really cool, by Taxuro, um, which is a cake wallet sneak peek. So if you are on Twitter, you can't you can see unless you go on youtube uh but essentially it's different themes for kick wallet because right now we, i think we have only three and um yeah the, the new ones look uh pretty cool dark mode with uh yellow and all kinds so well it's kind of like orange yellow yeah um yeah so i'm excited for the new kick wallet update now as you may know there's a new twitter competitor from meta which is freds and of course <laughs> Uh, there's an image saying that data link to you and it's everything financial info contact info user content browsing history uses data diagnostic health and fitness purchase location contact search history identifiers like you know ids passports whatever sensitive information other data literally everything that you have on your phone is going to be collected and linked to your identity by meta uh but if you use instagram and other apps they they already just adding threads is not really going to do much more um, now, if you want to kind of relax, take a deep breath, then you should go on the Monero community on, on Twitter and talk to like-minded people as well and share the things that annoy you, annoy you in the world or, you know, Monero memes or whatever you want to discuss, uh, Monero related. So go on Twitter and look up for the Monero community and uh, join. We have 374 people so far and also be kind and respectful Keep tweets on topic and explore and share. Then just WP is a privacy focused WordPress host that now accepts uh, Monero. So if you go to just WP.io, it's your anonymous WordPress host, get your WordPress site online. Today, they say with a free domain name, SSL and unlimited email addresses, no personal information required in seven minutes. 
for 59.99 per year and you can pay in Monero. Check it out. I think we have two more things. Now, one last thing, actually. So the last thing that I want to bring up for this new section uh, for this week is, uh, so this person uh, ordered the Mastering Monero book. You can get the PDF online. That's what I did. I read it online. Um, you can get the book as well. So we have the first edition. I think there's, there's a second edition as well of the Mastering Monero, uh, which goes in detail of how Monero works. So I highly recommend it if you want to refresh and about Monero. But then we also have the Monero standard, which you can pre-order now. It's going to come soon. Uh, it's written by my good friend, the Stoic Coiner. It's going to come soon. He's been working on it for a long, long time. Very, very hard. It's going to be a great book. So make sure that you pre-order it and read it when it does come out. You can follow them on Twitter to find more information about that as well. Uh, guys, this was this week's new section. As always, um, you can see my name over here. If you want to send me anything for a new section, if you want me to cover anything, uh, I think I have the same ads for Telegram as well. If you want to send me uh, news articles, the links are going to be in the description. Stay tuned for the rest of the show. You know, we have the price report, which is awesome. Dev section, the whole show. Um, so the guest section as well. So yeah, stay tuned and we'll see you next week, guys. Have a good week. Bye. All right. Yeah, links aren't in the description yet. I tried adding it after the stream started. And as soon as you start the stream, it doesn't really change anything from this side. So that'll have to be added afterwards. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, the the French news. That's crazy. That's that is crazy. crazy. I mean, yeah, like you were saying, there are definite in a lot of uh, these, you know, sure, sure, countries. But now it's like it's oh, it's totally okay. It's like it's so it's all cool, you know. For right. them, one, one thing the NSA is doing it behind the scenes or what I say of whatever. Uh, but now to give the police the authority to uh, do this, I don't know what the process is if they need some kind of warrant. I assume they need a warrant to do it, but still, like, uh, it's that's that's pretty wild. That's pretty wild. Uh, and then obviously, you know, uh, 99% of society just goes along with it, right? Because they're like, mm -hmm. no, yep. crime is bad. Uh, not realizing application of what it means, right? So when people, when they start uh, going after people that may not be doing uh, quote unquote horrendous crimes, uh, maybe they're, they're just people that disagree with the current uh, direction the government's going in, right? The next thing you know, they're they're being spied on. Maybe they're maybe they're Monero users, right? Maybe they're in France. Yeah, that is crazy yeah. that the police can do it though, because usually it's only the three-letter agencies, like you said, like the NSA. Yeah. Uh, that's you know, it's, ditch it's, your it's, iPhone, ditch your regular Android, use Graphene OS. That might not yeah. completely solve it, but I'm sure it would make it harder for them to spy on you for sure. Yeah, it's like we were saying before. Look at this guy that came after that was on local Monero. Uh, yeah, you know, perfect example, right? So maybe like you know. If if your country is is for whatever associating Monero usage with being uh you know I, I don't even want, I don't even want to say the words right like so uh whatever it is they 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 may you may be on some list and next thing you know they're they're using your phone to spy on you right because they've justified it um wild wild stuff uh scary um all right man is our is our guy ready to go looks like it yeah let's go ahead and jump into the guest segment. The Monerotopia guest segment is sponsored by Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange of Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source, and you always control your own keys. Yo yo. Hello. Crypto, you there? Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, sounds slightly weird. <laughs> okay. Not the best. Yeah. It started acting up. Let me just retrain real quick. Yep, no problem. Okay. What happened? He's, uh... I think he's doing it on this. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's always... Okay. See if he gets back on. 
Ah, uh, so uh, yeah, Digun let the cat out of the bag, huh? With the, uh, <laughs> which is fine. It's yeah, that's fine. fine. It's we're, fine. We're very excited about this project. We just don't want to talk too much about it. Um, so it's more ready. Before it's more. Uh, about Monero Noto, should mention that guys, things are on track. Uh, I think we've had nineteen people place an order so far. So if you're also interested, please don't hesitate. Place an order. We're trying to. We have we have fifty early edition Monero Notos that will be launching out there. Uh, that will That's be the uh, orange version. The orange version. Nice. Um, I think we'll we'll put a you know uh, a serial number on there, right? Or designate uh, what number of Noto you got. I think I, I think I'm number two. I gave Abdullah number one because uh, he's worked so hard on this project. Uh, so that's cool. These are currently being manufactured. Uh, yes, we're gonna have Abdullah on hopefully next, maybe next week or the week after with an update. Um, but yeah, don't want to don't want to say 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 too much yet. Uh, but he'll come on. He'll answer questions. We did a we did a whole Monero talk interview on it with with uh, Abdullah and Brindle. And Arctic Mine, who also participated in the project, so check that out if you ha- if you're interested. Tons of details there, but yeah, we'll have Abdullah on, and he the real like nitty gritty. Uh, uh, okay. People have what's going on? Except crypto, you're back. What's up? I'm back. I don't know why it's acting up. Does it sound better now? Uh, yeah, it's it's good enough. It's good enough. We'll take it. Okay. So what's going on, man? What's uh, what are you working on? Uh. So- so I just started this website like maybe like a week or two ago. Um, the reason why I started it is there was a burrito place, a restaurant near my home, near my like general area in California. And okay. so they had they had a one like the Bitcoin Cash apps and it was like the main wallet. It was like the whole wallet. And like so I realized it's like, OK, your company, your business, you're starting off trying to accept crypto. And a lot of people don't know the information, like the best point of sale systems, the best like wallets that will keep your funds safe and all that. So I was like, well, there's all this information out there, right? You have like Crypto Grampy's Hot Hot Shop for Monero. You have the point of sale app for Bitcoin Cash. Like I I just learned this stuff like literally this week because I I was like, well, there's got to be apps for this array. There's got to be like websites that already do this stuff, but I didn't see any of those. So I was like, well, I, I, I'm I'm pretty good at researching things. I like, you know, spend time on the internet a lot. So like I have all these resources. I bookmark stuff all the time. So I was like, okay, you know what? Let me start a website. Let me collect this information. Let me put it out there so people know, hey, if I got to figure something out, all these different resources. So that's like the main reason I started it is so that people have access to that information that's array out there. But the problem is, is just no one knows how to find it. Like even me, I had to find it this week and I scrolled through Twitter for like maybe an hour just to find like different apps that array existed out there. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I think um, there's definitely a lot of work to be done in the, in this area, teaching people how to actually use crypto, like especially like merchants, right? Um, so, uh, what what do you see as the you know the best tools for for merchants that want to? Um, so, so the top five, I would say probably offhand, I would say Bit Bit Request, BTC Pay Server. 
Um, Open Node, BitPay, and oh gosh, there's one more that I, I'm drawing a blank on, but yeah, top four. Those are the top four that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, mm-hmm. I I have more listed on my website. What is the website? Crypto, it's crypto.org. Okay. Uh, yeah, BTC Pay Server is really, really slick. Um, we use, you know, just for our business gratuitous and uh, Monero Noto and Monero Topia, where we accept payments. We use the Monero Gateway to accept Monero directly. And it's, it's, it, 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 it does glitch a little bit sometimes, but I, I, I like it because it's kind of a, a pure Monero option. Uh, it's, it's actually very easy to set up for anybody that has a WordPress website. It's, uh, it's, it's easily with e-commerce. You're making a lot of noise over there. Except for the, Sorry. Uh, um, so yeah, we, we use that, the Monero gateway for accepting Monero directly. And then now payments for making you want to pay in other cryptos other than Monero and then swap for Monero. <laughs> Um, but BT, we're, we're looking to maybe move over to BT Pay Server. It's very, very slick. And at MoneroCon, they were using the merchants there, or, or like the little cafe there, uh, had BTC Pay Server hooked up and the little uh, bar where they were serving beer. Uh, and it, it was very slick, and you were able to pay with Monero by oh. BTC Pay Server. Oh no, we lost them. Ship. <laughs> Sketchy connection, I guess. Yeah. I'll leave messaging. Yeah, I like BTC. BCC uh, Pacer. I was going to. I haven't done it yet. I haven't had time. Uh, but I actually want to set it up myself. I don't really have a need for it, but I want to set it up just to try it out because, like, it's cool that you can have like your own uh, like payment server like this that you can host yourself and have custody over. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for, and I know like for, now payments is a bit more custodial, isn't it? Yeah, now payments is a custodial solution, but it, it's nice for for accepting multiple different cryptos, and they just do the swap for you. And they send you the Monero. Obviously, Monero Gateway isn't custodial at all. You know, it just sends directly mm-hmm. to your wallet, and there's no there's no middleman there. Um, but that's just Monero payments only. Um, but yeah, the Monero feature on BTC Pay Server seems to work really well. It's really nice. Um, all right. Well, I I don't know. I, we lost them, and yep. I'm thinking uh, thinking maybe we close it out here. Actually, we're at a, an hour and a half. Is it already? Yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, right. Yeah, I like. Um... Yeah, the only downside to BTC Pay Server is the fact that uh, you have to, like, if you're hosting it yourself, you have to run a full node for every single coin you want to be able to accept. Uh, so if if you want to use it without having to run it yourself, other people provide that as like a service. Like you can pay this other person, or like they might let they might let you use it for free, depending. They have like there's a list that you could find for that. But I think BTC Pay Server is the best option for like privacy and like in terms of like having something that's open source or if you want to use it non-custodially you can Mm -hmm. um yeah uh, unfortunately i think we lost him i mean we could we could have him on again in the future maybe when he wants oh is he back uh oh it looks like he joined all right all right (laughs) except crypto you back looks like you're muted yo 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 i don't know maybe okay okay sorry i i'm running it off an iphone old iphone i like one of the iPhone SE, the 2020 model. So whatever reason, it keeps glitching a little bit, but I think we're back. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to you wanna leave with us with regards to Accept Crypto and uh, information you want to put out there? Yeah. So um, my goal is, is adoption in general. I know like some people, like you guys were t- talking about 
you guys are Monero peers. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want to say peers or Maxi, but you guys are more heavy Monero. And I understand that. I completely understand that. I agree with it. I'm a Monero person myself. I've been involved in the community. I know the people around the Monero community. Um, but my goal is 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 to think the bigger tent, right? Because a lot of people say, oh, it's Bitcoin only or Bitcoin cash only or Zcash only. And I feel like that's the wrong approach because it divides the uh, collective community of cryptocurrency. And when when we're divisive, when we separate ourselves and say, hey, your shitcoin sucks, my or sorry if I can say that word or not, but you know that word. Um, my coin's better than your coin and all that. That allows the governments, that allows you know the banks, that allows the big institutions to take over and divide us and target us one by one and take us down that way. So I feel like right as a movement, as an uh, ideology, I guess is we have to stick together as best as we can. Like, yeah, we can point out the flaws and differences in each cryptocurrency. But in order for us to move ahead, we have to realize, hey, it doesn't matter if we're Zcashers or Bitcoin cashers or Decred or Oxen or Firo, whatever. They're going to come for all of us. And right now, as much as people might hate to hear it, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Monero and Zcash are the top four players, probably. They're like the top four players right now. And we have to stick behind those and we have to help out the little guys as well. And we have to make sure that the legislation that does get passed is favorable for us. And I get it's supposed to be cypherpunk. I get we're supposed to be bottom up instead of top down. But for the vast majority of people, they're not bottom up kind of people. Most people are top down. So for us to succeed, we have to fight that that top down, you know, system. We have to say, hey, it's a it's a digital technology. It's innovating the world. It's helping people in third world countries escape excruciating poverty. It's helping Ukrainians and you know LGBTQ people escape, um, you know, oppression. It's helping truckers, you know. The Canadian truckers escape oppression. So it's like, it's a bipartisan thing. It's, you know, it's a technology that benefits humanity. And well, and it is a currency, obviously. And, you know, the institutions are in charge are threatened by that. But we have to point out that, hey, just because it is an alternative currency system, there are also technologies. So we have to encourage reasonable legislation. And I know with Washington, D.C., there's no such thing as reasonable legislation, unfortunately. But the more favorable terms, the better. But I get at the end of the day, you know, we all have to go cypherpunk. We all have to start mining our own stuff. That's the future. That's the way it's probably going to end up. But in the meantime, we have to put that hill. We have, we're on the hill and we have to put that fight to them and say, hey, you can't just blindly ban all these things just because you don't like it, right? Because there's like the like the Filecoin, Filecoin, Bitcoin, uh, Bit, BitTorrent transfer. You know, uh, cryptocurrencies are used for storing and transferring large amounts of data. Those have like legitimate techno technological purposes, and just for them to buy, blindly ban everything is stupid. So yeah, I get. 
for Monero for us, we'll probably be the ones that are banned at the end of the day. But the best way to get people into it is, hey, Bitcoin, because that's what they know. That's the mascot. People don't know what cryptocurrency is. And it's unfortunate. I hate saying it, but it's the reality. And that's one of the things that I'm trying to do with this website is help people understand, hey, Bitcoin was the first. It's the mascot. But there's so much more to it. You know, there's tools, there's knowledge out there to help improve humanity. <laughs> Good stuff, Matt. Good stuff. Are you uh, in your day to day? I think you said, what was it? A taco? What was the, the place that uh, you frequented that is trying to accept crypto? Uh, so it's a it's a it's a like a taqueria. It's like a restaurant. Cool, cool. Um, are you going across other other places that you live in that are also trying to accept crypto or accepting it? Not yet. I'm trying to see like the process. Like I'm asking, I'm saying, hey, you guys accept Bitcoin? Because that's like, like I said, that's like the easiest way to go upon it. And because I, I feel like Monero has been kind of hidden and I get the delistings and all that don't help. Um, but I feel like the best way is to start off with tools that are Bitcoin and Monero. And I feel like by having those tools that allow for multiple payments helps us in the long term. So, and it also helps, you know, businesses because they say, hey, you know, you got that guy that's a Bitcoin max, uh, Bitcoin cash maxi, and, you know, he only wants Bitcoin cash. And it's like, okay, we got the Bitcoin cash, we have the Monero, we have the Zcashers, right? It allows businesses to have those tools, right? Because no business, like, it, me personally, I feel like it would be pretty ridiculous, ridiculous to have to swap through 50 different apps just because one guy's a maxi. You know, it's like, hey, I don't want I don't like those other coins. Give me my maxi coin, you know, and like, right. As a business, you just want a one tap solution like, hey, you know, OK, this guy's a maxi. We'll scroll through the, you know, list and pop up the QR code for him. And then the other guy's like, okay, you know, he wants to pay 50 Bitcoin cash and 50, uh, 25 Bitcoin, 25, you know, Monero. Okay, bam, bam, bam. Like, they want it easy. They want it all in one, you know. And, I mean, I'd hate to say it. Like, I love Monero, but it's it. you have to be realistic, right? There's hundreds of different currencies in the world, just even fiat, right? So to say, hey, you know, it's like if an American, I mean, I'm in California, so I'm an American, but right, if an American went to like Europe and they're like, hey, take my American money, the Europeans would be like, oh, you're being weird right now. Like, yeah, we recognize the dollar, but we don't like like it because we prefer European money more. And right. That's like, I, I don't know. I totally lost track of where I was going with that, but. Um, yeah, I, th but, I think what you're saying is people have to realize th these are these things are just tools, and from the, from the merchant perspective, uh, they don't really care so much about your ideology and wh which crypto you like. Uh, they just want to be able to seamlessly get payment from their customer, right? Yeah. And yes. uh, if their customer says, "Well, I want to pay in you know uh, Shibo Inu shitcoin or whatever." uh ideally they want to be able to be like yeah sure just pay right here and then have that you know maybe swapped into whatever fiat 
or the crypto that they prefer, like a Monero or Bitcoin. But from their perspective, all they care is make it seamless for the customer. I want to, you know, I want to receive payment for for the items I'm selling, and I don't want to. Yeah, I don't necessarily care about the ideology of this crypto versus that one. Um, I just want to get paid, right? Yeah. And, uh, It'd be nice yeah. if they all cared about the, you know, the benefits of using a of private currency, but rarely most of them don't care. But I, I do think that's friction. where I do think that's where Monero really comes into play because it has a there is a real reason to accept it, right? Yeah. People would be like, oh, I, uh, for a merchant to be like, to go out of their way and just accept, I don't know, some shitty crypto doesn't really make sense, right? Like they no, could, just, they could just accept credit cards. They could accept Venmo, which is super simple. Like, why are they now going to do this crypto thing? But with Monero, it makes sense is because they're getting an ad of benefit, right? Which is one, no fees essentially compared to, compared to credit cards. And two, it's like cash, it's untraceable. Yeah. It's anonymous, and there's there's value there, right? And businesses uh, may 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 be, you know, early adopters who understand the value there will go out of their way to accept something like a Monero because it actually makes sense and will get value from it. And their customer gets value too, right? Because their customer isn't paying any fees, and their customer is also getting the added benefit of being able to use cash to make a payment as opposed to some traceable thing. Uh, like a credit card or a Venmo, yeah. uh, but, but so I mean, uh, yeah, I, I agree with your your sentiment overall. Um, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's something to consider too, right? Is and I think Tux was was hinting at it. Uh, is is maybe getting people getting um, merchants excited about the value proposition of crypto, right? The why? Why would they even go out of their way to accept it? Making it su- super seamless is important, but they also need to understand the why of why am I even doing this versus credit cards or Venmo or that, right? Yeah. So that's the focus of the website. Is right instead of making an argument for particular coins i will admit you know i would probably describe myself as a monero maxi i do like monero it's my coin you know coin of choice it's the one that i would say is my daily driver now unfortunately you know uh like the real real world uh i've used bitcoin as well it's you know it's come down to a you know, this merchant's not going to accept, you know, Monero yet because they might not know about it or they might not have the tool for it yet. But I've used Bitcoin, I've used Monero. Um, and so it's like, you know, you have different merchants out there, you know, and maybe one uses Grin, maybe one uses Oxen, you know, like I, I, I do want to learn about those. I want to learn about the vast ecosystem of cryptocurrencies. And I want to make sure that you know, merchants make sure people that are paying to have that knowledge and say, hey, we view this coin as the better coin, right? Because right now Monero is the best coin, you know, I would say that that's what I will say. But it's like five, 10, 20 years, you know, some other guy, they make a better version. Who knows? You know, it happens. And the best way is to future proof businesses to allow for that flexibility, you know, for the ever-changing world of technology because you know 20 years ago the best computer was the macintosh you know the apple i mean maybe it wasn't i'm just drawing off my mind of like hey you think good computer 20 years ago you think apple right nowadays it's probably still apple but you know 
people say, hey, just get an old, you know, old Lenovo laptop and boot Linux on it. But most people don't know how to, you know, boot OSs and Flash and all that. Um, but back to topic at hand, I just, I, uh, uh, I don't know. You guys say something. I'm drawing a blank right now. <laughs> I'm sure you've... Uh... If you if you've gone around like trying to get people to accept crypto, I'm sure you found it's depending on like who the people who the people are that own the shop and like where it's at, it's probably harder because most people in America like they don't they don't I I've found that they don't care about it as much. Uh, and not that people are trusting of the state necessarily, but like they don't they don't see the U.S. dollar as being this detrimental thing. Like I mean, it is, and a part of the reason for that is it's not as bad as like other countries. You know, like Argentina, like talking to, uh, someone like Andreas. You know, they use the, everyone there is completely on board with stuff like crypto. So if I were to tell someone about Monero over there, they'd be like, oh yeah, you know, they'd be so on board already. But here it's a little different. So I think I. Was- I the direction of just trying to make it like easy for them to like, Hey, you want to be able to accept all of this crypto? Like, uh, here's this one tool that'll just do it all. I think that's like, might be the right direction. And then you can try to steer them into like, Oh, Hey, but here's why it's good. But I think initially it makes sense to like, be like, Oh, here's this payment processing that makes it easy to accept all this cryptocurrency as like business. Yeah. Yeah. And it has to be done in a way, you know, what they really care about at the end of the day, it's, it's the liquidity, right. And it's the stability. Mm-hmm. They want to be able to receive something that, you know, has the same value tomorrow. Right. Yes. Granted fiat has crazy, crazy inflation. Uh, but you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't whipsaw from, you know, uh, in value overnight as opposed to cryptocurrency. And so, you know, it, it, I, it, 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 it's, uh, for the, for those reasons, it's not, it's not, it's not currently the best medium of exchange. Um, but like I said, I think, you know, with Monero, you can make arguments for why you could even possibly overlook those things. But uh, yeah, you're getting you're getting different value out of it. There's different reasons why you're, you're agreeing to use crypto, but you really have to be an early adopter at that point. And um, like like Tux is saying, a lot of people just don't care. They don't care about those things. But I think what they what most people would care about, even your, your average American merchant um the, you know they 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 understand cash right a lot of them yeah. have moved to credit card only because of the the forces that be right and, and it's basically they've been forced out of cash but they yeah. would they would prefer to live in a world where they can accept cash and where their customer paying in cash and i think that's something that most merchants can relate to yeah and so that, that- and you know, Sorry. you can say in, the, in, the, in this day and age where cash is being eliminated, if you want some cash alternative, here it is. Yeah, so I would say that from what I've heard from people who have successfully converted businesses over to accepting a cryptocurrency, they usually use the cash selling point. I don't know exactly who said it or where I heard it or where, where I read it, but if we can translate to people's minds that cryptocurrency is similar to cash then they would be more willing to accept it and yes i haven't personally experienced that issue yet the issue that i've come across is the accounting slash tax uh departments because i go to these business owners i've gone to maybe two or three business owners array and i've asked them hey are you guys willing to accept uh bitcoin and they're like oh we have to you know 
talk with our accounting department, you know, or tax department, like whatever relevant, you know, department to see, hey, if if we can accept it, because it is, I will admit, as someone who's practiced, um, who's practiced or studied tax law a little bit, I was licensed for a year. Unfortunately, I can't maintain it um, as like a career because it just it was a seasonal thing. So I can't really, you know, do the job for a year because it's only seasonal. I needed something year round. But yeah, tax law, uh, tax laws regarding crypto are very cumbersome. They're very annoying and difficult. And not too many people, you know, you're a business owner, you're established, you know, you, you, you have years of your business, you know, you've put all that blood, sweat and tears into it. And you don't really want to lose it all, you know. You don't want to say, you know, you don't want the government coming on your door saying, hey, why are you accepting this digital payment system without our, you know, without our, you know, authorization? They don't, pe- that's the one thing that people are afraid of is taking that risk is like, is saying, hey, if I accept this and don't comply with their rules, are they going to shut me down after I put all this hard work into it? And so, you know, California, I would say we're on the uphill battle because the legislation hasn't been friendly. I'm not saying it's, you know, authoritarian yet. I mean, I would say a state like New York is definitely way more authoritarian than California is. Because if I recall, New York has just straight up banned crypto mining already. Um, I might be wrong. It might just be. Well, no, they. it might be a bill in their house or something one of the lower, yeah. you know, chambers of the New York legislation, but mm-hmm. California, California isn't quite there yet. So like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, would, I wouldn't be uh California, you know, pick, pick your flavor. And one, one is just as I mean, yeah. Cal- California, California New York, Russian car engines right now. Right. I mean, it's like they're, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just as bad for crypto in, Cali, you don't see that going in any other. They're they're they're, they're trending in the same direction. Yeah, um, it's pretty hard, I would yeah. say. But basically, right, it if we're doing the uphill battle here in California, we're taking the fight to them. You know, taking the fight to the worst state. Whereas, like mm-hmm. a state like Wyoming or Texas or uh, Tennessee or New Hampshire, right, the legislation there is pretty friendly, and yes. you know. Even with Wyoming, especially Wyoming, they're like, hey, you know, we want crypto. Like, they're, they're like, proactively. They're not like, you know, like, Texas, I would say, is kind of middle of the road. Like, hey, it's legal. It's cool. We're cool with it. Whereas Wyoming's like, hey, give it to us. You know, please, we want it. And New Hampshire, I mean, New Hampshire is, I have a friend that's up there in New Hampshire. It's a pretty robust economy up there with cryptocurrency, too. Um, but the good thing for me, California, it gives, if, if we can bring the fight to the hardest state, then any other state would be a cakewalk. Yeah, I agree with that too. And yeah, and, and, you know, to your point though, like, uh, like Monero, right? So Monero, uh, very difficult to get in New York. Um, you know, can't even, you can't, Kraken is not available in New York. You can't get Monero. Oh, you can't make a Kraken account at all? No, no, no. Oh, wow. There's no way to obtain Monero on a centralized exchange, KYC, uh, in New York. And it's been like that 
forever. Um, Monero's never been listed in New York on a centralized exchange. Um, you know, you could use instant exchanges and all this stuff, but yeah, I mean, that that's huge. You know, that's that's a tremendous damper on um, liquidity of Monero, the ability of people to get into Monero. New York, you know, New York, well, at one point was considered the financial capital of the world, and to some degree, it still is. Uh, so, cut, cutting off all those. You know, a lot, a lot of the crypto adopt, um, you know, uh, early bull markets and all it was was driven, I would say, you know, by the U.S. and in, by New York in particular. Uh, and Monero was left out of that because it wasn't listed on exchanges. Uh, you know, things would have been different if Monero was on Coinbase. Now we 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 you know we uh, we deal with it in Monero land by saying, you know, well that's good, right? Because the way that people are obtaining Monero is is without KYC and all this stuff. It's it's more pure and it's keeping uh, the the Monero price perhaps actually better reflects its true value because uh, there's a lot less speculation. But uh, yeah, to accept crypto's point, uh, New York is 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 worse than probably any other state in that respect. Um, why don't we go ahead and do we, we want to do viewers on stage? Because I do see there is, is there anybody up here? We have Alaska Anon. Uh, yeah, it's up to you. We'll let him come on real quick and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Uh, except Crypt, if you want to stay up and then we'll, we'll just, we'll just let Alaska Anon jump up if he wants to. Okay. And we can wrap it up for the day. I want to get outside. I'm dying to get outside here. All right. I'll run that segment. It's the viewers on stage segment. It's that time where we invite you, the viewers, up on stage to comment on anything you've heard so far today, ask the guest a question, or maybe talk about one of the news topics. Come on down. There he is. Mr. Alaska himself. That's the audio. That sounds fun. Good. Good good morning to you guys in the tyrannical world of the lower 48. Uh, It's kind of funny to listen to everybody arguing about all of the... All of the Orwellian nightmares going on on there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's sad. Well, one of the things that I was kind of BSing about in the private chat was uh, it, like it, the op, it's such an opposite problem for people in places like Argentina or Alaska, where our problem is there's such a liquidity crunch that it's like the Gresham's Law on steroids, really. <laughs> As soon as anybody gets their hands on Monero up here, they just won't trade it unless you offer them like a 50% discount or whatever. Like, because to them, you know, Monero is worth like $500, $600. They're just that's it, cool. You know. So the effective price of America uh, of Monero in Alaska is higher than like oh, it's, uh, it's what the exchanges higher. put it at. Yeah. I mean, and then think about it in terms of like, you know, fiat employment. Almost everybody up here, if they have a job, like they get paid in lots of fiat, but they get their food and they get their, you know, <laughs> they get all of that with, with fiat because it's, it's like so disposable. And as soon as anybody starts offering, I'll pay in Monero. It's like, how much you got? You want, you want a car? You want to <laughs> like, they just, they'll try to sell you like everything on their, on their property just to try to get that Monero off of you. It's, it's kind of, is, a, it, is it listed as higher on local Monero on, on, no, there's, I think I'm, I'm like the only person who's ever even offered any on local Monero. Nobody will, nobody will sell it. It's, and that's kind of what I was getting at with, uh, I, and look at the situation in Argentina too. Like the minute that they had their hands on some, they were able to just buy like everything, you know? It's, it, and I think that's going to become more and more of a situation is, um, I, I, I'm not really sure why it, it, it creeps so slowly in the lower 48 because it's, isn't it already kind of obvious? I mean, we just uh, saw you guys upload the the Luke Smith interview 
where even if you're just trying to buy a car or you're trying to buy, you know, anything, if you wanted to take, uh, you know, fiat out of a bank to buy a car off of like Craigslist, I mean, it, it's like the friction is already so much worse in the fiat system that it, I, I'm not really sure exactly why people even keep trying. You know, it's the the sales pitch is already there. It's really more or less an issue of, um, you know, pointing out to these people that they already live in such a high friction environment. That's also why I think Southern California is doing such a good job onboarding people with Monero, because a lot of people are already doing cross-border pain. Um, and, and without getting into too much, because I don't want to get anybody like in trouble, but um it's already a situation for like food importing food from one state to another uh where most people are just like it's it's not even worth it to even have fiat in the mix right because if if you try to buy food in one place and then move it to another place um that food's coming from like four different countries that food is coming through like five different distributors and all of these people have to like swap currencies have five different bank accounts, wait on payments to clear. Well, food has a shelf life, you know, and that one, I, I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, the, the long windedness of the argument for like almost a year about, oh, my Monero payment took two minutes to clear one time. And it's like, are, are you people absolutely insane? Like I've seen trucks of food go bad waiting for payments to clear from you know like brazil to america and then waiting for like a canadian bond to clear and all that like the 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 thing is is like that frictionless at a at a higher level of business the frictionless nature of monero is is just the the ultimate sales um and you you remember the uh the luke the luke smith if anybody hasn't watched the luke smith interview or uh talk that was just posted you really really need to watch that um because he's been pointing out and i've been saying a lot of the same stuff just because of the nature of the work that i do everybody trying to use monero on the ground has it so backwards it's hilarious because that onboarding the vendors and then onboarding their suppliers is not only going to be an easier sale. These are people who are businessmen who deal with the the nightmares that, you know, the libertarian undercurrent of Monero is already talking about. They're desperate to leave the fiat system. You know, they, they've got piles and piles of stuff that they want to sell. I mean, if you look at the actual supply chain disruptions, Hey, everybody is so sick of the currency wars and the government, everything. And, you know, they'll be sitting on a pile of cash trying to buy, I don't know, some like circuit boards from China or Japan or, you know, like it's some somebody in Thailand is like is a vendor for stuff that was made in Vietnam. And then one of the governments, they just happen to be sitting on that government's money and they announce some like you know, $20 billion humanitarian package that's just going to print a bunch of bonds. They just lost like, you know, $5 million. You know, it's the the sales pitch is so already there for for the, you know, and like Except Crypto was just saying um, about uh, about like his experience with adoption, right? That um, the top down worldview, like most people are top down people. 
Well, the real top down is these massive supply chains are already they're already down to leave the 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 system. They're already they're they're more all about it than everybody. It's and they're already used to such a massive uh like government arbitrage of you are penalized for saving in all of these currencies. It doesn't matter, you know, it, like here in America you always hear the dollar is doomed, the dollar is but in the world of business, it's like I need more dollars because they debase it slightly slower, right? So if you if you're a saver, the penalty is least if you're in dollars or if you're in U.S. Treasury bonds or whatever. But uh, there uh, there's a whole school of thought if you get into like the really uh, the the Austrian academic world about uh, there is no alternative to the dollar, right? Um, the 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 pool of uh, the pool of capital that backs up all of the other currencies, you know, even rubles, it it is dollars, it is U.S. Treasury. So you just go from the the dollar holder to the dollar counterparty risk if you're using a different currency. Uh, and most of those Austrians, they do, they then point to gold, but that's nonsense. Right, because there's also Monero, and anybody who's seen me before knows that I'm a strong advocate for gold. But the thing is, is there is another option for no counterparty risk, and it's actually Monero. And if you point that out to a large business, you're going to see another guy on coin cards. You know, yesterday, the minute that they understand, I can take Monero, I can hold Monero, I can still buy something from another country. You know, even if there's a currency war, even if there's an arbitrage, even if there's an import export tax, Monero can build that into the price faster than their bank account can. Nobody trusts the banks anymore. They're 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 shackled to the banks. Right. So the real sales pitch for the the really large top down stuff is to point out this incredible economic potential of Monero to get out of the supply chain disruptions. Um, and this is something that I deal with every day, right? It's it, like part of my job is actually I deal with exactly what I'm discussing every day, where if, if there was only a, a, a way for them to liquidate like whatever dollars they're sitting on for Monero, they would do it now. Um, and it just one like uh, one easy example you would not believe how hard it is to get seeds from like, so for example, the seed price might be really low in Canada. And let's say you want to plant a bunch of hay, like you're trying to plant alfalfa in Montana, right? You might wait for a year and a half to get permission to buy the seeds. And then by then the price between the two has changed so much that like if you were saving in that time, you might have taken a 20% loss on your money between the two currencies. You know, on top of you didn't get to invest that money, you didn't get, uh, you know, and, and the price of food could be immediately stabilized worldwide if people started using Monero at the supply chain level. So I just found it really interesting what Accept Crypto was saying about you know, onboarding vendors. And it, yeah, it's it's not even that they don't care about what crypto it is or whatever. They're just trying to figure out how they can, uh, as one commenter said, pay their suppliers. Meanwhile, their suppliers are trying to figure out how they can get all of the benefits of Monero. They've just never heard of it, 
right? <laughs> they they would they would eat up everything that the Monero community is offering right now if they had the option. Good stuff, man. <laughs> Good stuff as always. Um, what 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 can be done in Alaska, man, to help? You know, uh, I'm super if... curious what will happen when, like, for instance, the final U.S. Ex- centralized exchange that accepts Monero, which is Kraken, like doesn't anymore like because right now the price is largely um not necessarily determined but it's tracked by these centralized exchanges and so like binance is up an arrow and they've recently started removing it in europe and of course there's no other centralized exchange in the u.s by its kraken that accepts it so i wonder if we're going to start to see something happen like what's going on over there where people are going to be less willing to give up their monero at that price and it's just going to like kind of it's going to make it exponentially more valuable than U.S. dollar than it's right now. Uh, of course, there's still a lot of other ways you can obtain it using other methods. But like, if the government like starts to like you know make examples of people like, oh, you've been converting a lot of Bitcoin to Monero, or we suspect you have been doing that, that might get demonized. Uh, and the only thing that's going to do is it's going to make it more valuable. Uh, I think. You know. Um... Honestly, Arctic Mine is the best person as uh, as well as those lawyers that are working on the tornado cash case to comment on the fact that uh, like and I've I've mentioned it before on one of these one of these talks. But um, the whole house of cards on like what they claim they can track is already collapsing. Um, And one of the reasons why, you know, people say, oh, they're going to shut it down when it comes to like these crypto exchanges and stuff. It's like the last vestige of hope that the powers that be have for manipulating Monero in any way Um, or like convincing people. Well, you know, if you can't get fiat for it, you're going to if you can't get fiat for it, you're going to. It's like, no, that's nonsense. Um, It's because I'm already and not just me, but there's a lot of people, you know, I'd mentioned in the private chat a little bit, like many different countries where. Monero is what they want. Monero is what they're interested in. But, uh, you know, as an example, I think the last survey, it was like 55 to 60 percent of Americans pay no taxes except for uh, consumption taxes, right? Like a gas tax or whatever. No income tax. Uh, yeah. it's and, and the thing is, is most people who are just, you know, the nine to five worker crowd or whatever, they have no idea how much resistance to the government actually exists, even though they might be one of those people. Um, they might be, or, you know, people trying to get around. Um, well, so what does the government actually do to control people? They use the carrot more than they use the stick. Oh, well, if you have tax returns, we'll give you woo flu bucks. Or, you know, if if you're uh, low income, we'll give you, you know, free gas for your house heating or whatever um the 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 real control is they say oh well if you let us establish the price you can turn your fiat into monero and back or whatever uh, they're, they're more afraid of the crypto exchanges leaving than we are um and the the true the true casualties as i was telling uh, doug with the interview before was the true casualties are going to be the people who are late to the party and there's no on-ramp anymore for the, they're, they're the ones that are going to hurt um, because there's never going to be a situation in which productive people aren't going to be able to pay their bills, even if they accept Monero. Um, the on and off ramps for Monero 
uh, even if they get more and more obscure when the use case becomes more and more obvious, right? So I'll give you a perfect hypothetical, maybe hypothetical wink, nudge, nudge about like, if a, if a Chinese person wants to get their money out of the country, what's the obvious choice, right? It's, it's the only one they're using anymore. It, they're using like a small handful of cryptos to get their money out of the country. Well, those Chinese people could pay somebody's bills in another country and accept Monero as payment. And now they have assets that they can take anywhere over the, you know, or another good example is how many services are being hosted or offered out of Russia? I mean, most of the Tor nodes, most of the, okay, well, how are those Russians going to get paid over borders? And then how are they going to buy things across borders? We all know what they're already using, right? The, the use case for Monero is already there. And when that gets out, it's, I mean, it's game over. Everybody, you're going to see, I mean, just think of the value of a Monero Noto. It, when, the day when all of a sudden everybody realizes that they don't have to pull $5,000 out of a bank and wait two days and sign a bunch of papers and bring in a title to prove they actually bought what they said they were going to buy and all that. Like when, when this gets out, you know, and uh, I don't know if Doug remembers like me talking about the, the terrifying power of media. The power of media is not getting the word out. It's keeping the word from getting out, right? It's the gatekeeper aspect, you know, and, and, and God bless them, you know, Uber Blue, like doing the, the news segment and kind of weeding through all of the nonsense that they want to put in front of your face or whatever, uh, but people already don't trust the mainstream media. And now these alt medias are already pretty much the main media. Um, but our ability to communicate what's actually going on amongst one another is it's fast becoming a situation where uh, every single person that says, yeah, I, I, I accept Monero at my business now. Every single one of those is like a, a small earthquake in the world of fiat because that like everybody hates the CBDC, you know, even if you've never heard of Monero in your entire life, like everybody hates the CBDC, everybody hates the government regulations, right? And, and there's, there's no way to both have your tyranny and make it liked at the same time. Uh, and one of the things that I was saying about the Achilles heel of all fiats is uh, that none of them are borderless. And tyrants hate to let go of power, right? So every country that tries to regulate their fiat in their borders is playing a losing game because the productive people that want to just, you know, go travel to Cancun or whatever, like every single one of them becomes a living advocate for Monero, even if they've never heard of it before. Like it's... um and it's not just me being a hopeless optimist, like the evidence is all around you, but uh, the, the price control element of these on and off ramps are far too valuable, um, are far too valuable for the powers that be. And it's just better to like do it in small areas and try to like scare people out of it. I mean, are there really people in New York that can't find a way to get a Kraken account. <laughs> and it's like, of course, you can find a way to buy Monero off a of Kraken, even if you live in New York, right? But it's, you know, they're just adding that one little scare tactic or whatever. Um, but it, it, when people find out like the, the liquidity crunch of 
Argentina, Cuba, Alaska, then there's going to be price arbitrage. And then all of a sudden they're going to be getting $300 for each XMR versus, you know, the people who are buying it off of Kraken for, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden there's going to be a liquidity crunch for Monero on Kraken at that fake price because people are doubling their fiat by just sending it to Alaska and then getting, you know, cash from Alaska and then going back to Kraken and buying more, you know, like arbitrage always wins. It's one in every single case that it's ever, ever been in and it's going to happen now. So good, good stuff, man. Uh, always, always love the rants. The Alaska um, rants are the best. <laughs> Except crypto, Any, anything you want to, you want to throw out there? Before we wrap it up yes so um i was just going to say as far as like getting monero like people might think oh it's impossible it's hard i would say like even california we already mentioned but um california we have bitcoin atms all over the place and i i haven't checked them out but supposedly there's atms in this region where i'm at that one of them does Monero, supposedly, but even even if we ignore Monero, right? They have Bitcoin, they have Bitcoin Cash. So as long as you can do it, right? Their only KYC requirement is a phone number. And everyone who's been alive ever knows that you can easily get a burner phone. Like that I, I would say that that's probably more of a you know harder access is burner phones i feel like that would probably kill monero more this is a good plug for phantom phone by the way if nobody's ever heard of the phantom phone project i think it's a degoon who does it yeah Yeah. so i would say burner phones i mean that burner phones have been used for everything we all know this you know it doesn't take a genius to know about burner phones but um yeah i would say that burner killing off the burner phone economy would be probably more detrimental to Monero than delisting it on an exchange, honestly, because as long as you can get a crypto in crypto, as long as it's KYC free, you're golden. And I know, you know, some people be like, okay, Bitcoin chain analysis, you know, there's a chance that they might figure out who you are. I get that there's that risk, um, but it's hard to say, you know, it's, it's hard to say really, at the end of the day, what happens? Because I mean, it's it's really fifty fifty. But I I feel like we have that momentum behind us. I feel like right if the government was going to shut it down and ban it, they would have done it in the early days. Because we're already here. We're already established. Businesses are starting to accept it. People are starting to use it. Even if they use it as an investment, they're using it. Right? Not. I and I get. The ideal situation is buy, hold, replace, you know, all that. But even using it as a financial investment vehicle is better because that means, hey, people recognize it. People acknowledge it. People know it's here. And now the thing is, is getting that information out there saying, hey, it's cool. It's not an investment vehicle. It's a currency, right? It's cash, you know, getting that information that it's digital cash out there helps and then informing people hey bitcoin is good but there happens to be better digital cash payment systems like monero and that's one thing we have to focus on is making sure that the momentum stays right because like 
like Alaska was saying, is they're using the manipulation, the control, right? Saying, oh, we're going to ban it. It's like, no, you can't ban it. You, it, it. Like, you literally can't. Like, they've tried it in China, like, how many times? Like, 50 times they've tried to ban it in China. Not an exact number. Don't quote me on that. But, um, yeah, they've tried to ban it so many times in China. And China is, like, one of the most biggest powerhouses for Bitcoin, you know? And... I, I I could only imagine what the case in China for Monero would be. I imagine it would be just as big down there, possibly. All right, guys, uh, let's let's wrap it up here. I need to get outside. Stop that's a good that's a good excuse. <laughs> Touch grass. I, I recommend you guys do the same. Um, that's what we're here for, right? Uh, all right, guys, this was awesome. Alaska Anon, thanks for jumping on as as always. Except crypto, thanks for being our guest. You could Thank pop you. in a future date. Let us know how it's going, how it's progressing with your with your efforts with that website. It's a cool initiative. Alaska Anon, anything you want to say about the, about the phones? About the uh, how's that? How's it going? You want to put the word out again? The the team has gotten bigger. Um, the Onion site should be up soon, and. The only other thing that I would tell people is every single order is now filled and ready to go. It's uh, basically impossible to keep in, in, in inventory right now. But um, if uh, we the the idea the ideal situation is if there's anyone out there who's already uh, you know strongly advocating for you know privacy phones and easy to use privacy phones or whatever, and you're tech proficient and people ask you about them. We're we're here to be the people who put privacy phones in the technological ignoramus, right? We, it's uh, it's not a, a slant on anybody's character, but there are a lot of people who are not interested in learning about all of the the ins and outs of getting a private phone. But I feel like we are basically ready at this point. Where if anybody has, you know, a grandma, an uncle, a nephew, or whatever that starts their their anti-government rant and they're spying on us and blah, blah, blah. You can now point them in the direction of the Get Graphene OS project and we will handle the rest. You're not going to have to teach them about, you know, how apps work and all of that stuff. Um, and more to come soon, probably by the end of this upcoming week. Uh, we might even already have the Onion site up as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right, we'll leave we'll leave it at that. Thank you, everybody. Tuxudo, thanks for uh, running the show. Yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. Appreciate talking to y'all. Bowdy, Thank uh, you. Buddy, buddy, thanks for the price report. And uh, Digun, thanks for doing the dev report. Tony, thank you for the news. Hopefully, we'll get you on live again soon. Uh, thanks, everybody. We'll see you again next week, same time, Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern. Sweet. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this week's Mineratopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Monerotopia Telegram group. See you all next week.